A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro, the dead Poor Hitter. We're back, back after a little bit time off, um, but we're going to get rolling again. Going to have a um, steady lineup of guests coming in to talk to the podcast, and it's going to be fun. Um, so we got started tonight, me and Todd Whitestone going into the player movement in the NFBC main event for the weekend uh, we go through Todd's article. We identify some of our ads and drops. We talk about our process um, from a Twitter thread that uh, I posted. Um, just wondering how people, um, Just I was just wondering in general how much time people spend on who they're going to drop in Fab. And it turned into an excellent thread. So if you want to check it out on Twitter, it's uh, one of the most, one of my most recent posts. And it was good. Got, um, kind of realize how much people have in common when they uh you know do their their ads and drops and their process and uh ended up being a lot of good information on that thread so we talked to ryan roof of rotowire who handled their closer grid he comes on to talk about how his team is doing in the main event how he's attacking his league and his strategy his in-game strategy um as well as talking about our players that we picked up on fab and players who are most bid up on fab so um yep hope you enjoy it solid episode all right Alrighty, folks welcome back to the pull hitter podcast i'm rob d pietro here today with my fellow co-host mr todd whitestone and with our special guest mr ryan roof um todd i'll start off with you how's it going sorry we missed last week had a busy um just busy things going on and um just couldn't get to it but um how are you? Did you miss yep. me? I missed you. I did. Yeah, it was it was hard to get through the week after we missed our, <laughs> our weekly get together, but I struggled and and eventually I pulled through. So that was the good news, Rob. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad to see you're you're in, you know here now and that you're speaking still and that you made it through. Um, uh, let's welcome our our guest for today, Mr. Ryan Roof. Ryan, what's up, buddy? How you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. It's always good chatting with you, Todd. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Officially, you know, yeah. we've interacted several times before, but yeah. always good to see you in person now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. The official meet, the official Zoom meet, <laughs> right? I mean, and then you yeah, have like, just, and then you'll have like a like an official official meet when you do the physical meet. You know, right. get to see Rob's curly hair and his, <laughs> his, his nice face and yeah. Yes. Uh, good stuff good stuff so we'll do our uh you know our normal breakdown of the fab recap and the player movement this weekend and we'll also get into some questions for ryan about his team 
And since he is the closer um, expert over at RotoWire, we'll ask him some closer and bullpen questions. Um, so I just wanted to get your guys um, a little bit into your process for Fab. You know, Todd, we talk about, you know, who we pick up every week and, and um, you know, all this other stuff. But I actually just threw out a question on Twitter and it was Paul just wondering, like, how much time people spend on dropping a player because, you know, like every week I go through um, a thorough process to make sure that I'm not either irrationally dropping a player or that I'm, you know, that I'm just not missing anything um, because you don't want to be quick to, you know, drop a player who maybe, um, you know, just on a little bit of a cold streak that he'll get, you know, he'll start going soon. Um, and, you know, so I just starting to think in my head, like, I wonder if other people struggle with this situation. And then it ended up in, being a an awesome thread i didn't really expect it to uh gather that many um responses but you know everyone was chiming in about oh then i do this and then i do this like and um i was like oh yeah i do that too i do that too so like it's crazy to see i think gialdi even said like crazy to see how everyone does similar things and um kind of want to get an idea of what you guys do you know um i know usually i start with you know my lineups um see who might you know, where I might need a spot, um, Monday to Thursday bat, Friday to Sunday bat, or um, anything, a pitcher. Um, and then I'll look at the standings to kind of uh, see if I could gain anything there um, or if I'm lacking in something and maybe I should focus on a power hitter or, you know, I need, all right, I really am going to have to try to get a save guy soon, just stuff like that. And then it goes into, you know, the, the free agent pool. Um, but then, you know, you always got to figure out if it's just going to be a stream or rest of season option, but just in, you know, in general, like how do you start your week with that? When do you start it? Is it like a continuing thing all week? Um, Ryan, how do you do it? Yeah, I'm pretty aligned with a lot of the people who responded to your thread. That was, that was a, that was a good thread. And I was happy to see uh, my process was similar to a lot of great players. Um, but I actually do a lot before I even look at the player pool. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my lineups for next week. Like you are, I'm, I'm focusing on my pitching first. Cause that's the strength of my team. It's pretty easy for me to set that. Um, but for hitting it's, uh, I've had a couple roster spots where I'm rotating guys, uh, based on my hitter schedules for the upcoming week, looking for, you know, opportunities to, to get more plate appearances, um, what positions I need for, for coverage of someone's like day to day or, was removed from the game over the weekend uh, where it can improve longer term. So um, I have a few fringe hitters on my roster and I've pretty much had a few fringe guys on my team all season thus far. So um, I haven't really run into a situation where I've dropped someone and been like, oh, I wish I would have held that guy because they've all been just kind of sucky. <laughs> so, um, but uh, what, what, yeah, once I, once I plan, Oh, What's fringy to you? Like, um, I just want to get like an idea in your head. Who, who, who is like fringy for you? Is that even a word, fringy? Uh, yeah. So, a couple of, well, currently it sounds it's, creepy. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> fringy. But <yeah. laughs> currently, it's uh, Jose Siri and Lane Thomas are like my fringy guys. Um, and then okay. I've rotated like Chaz McCormick, Ramon Urias, Brad Miller, Andy Ibanez couple i mean not no superstars here right like these are guys like right. can add 
four or five times throughout the season, probably. So. Right, right. Yeah, um, but if you gather all their like all their like you know solid weeks, then it ends up pretty well. Like those are the type of guys that that do that yeah. for you, of course. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't yeah. Get, but an interview, oh no problem yeah like, like the cubs had the nine game week uh you know i was trying to add some cubs where i could um oakland had an eight game week recently I would, you know I, that's where um it was interesting because i had tony kemp i had drafted him i was thinking he might you know be a nice player this year um and i was ready to drop him just because he wasn't performing and then realized he had the eight game week so i held him for that week and then i dropped him so um so yeah, it's just uh, I'm looking at the lineups for the next week. I'm looking at the categories I'm behind in, um, and then I'm really categorizing my players. Um, I think Phil was the one who, who mentioned this uh, last year, or maybe earlier in draft season, um, where he categorizes some players into easy drops, maybe drops. Um, so I do that, um, and then I'll read uh, Fab articles. Um, Rotowire puts out three each week, um, one midweek by Jason Shabilsky. And then Eric Segrist does the AL Fab article, um, and Jan Levine does the NL right. Fab article. So, right. Reading those three articles, I'm reading Vlad's weekly article on FTN, and um, recently Eric Samolsky's Sunday Tribune has been pretty cool uh, that he's doing that. So I recently subscribed to that. Um, that is so pretty I'm cool. Reading the Fab articles before I'm even like looking at the player pool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to like to do it the other way. I tend to like to yeah. read them last. Like I like to just um, get to my spot where I'm like, okay, maybe not like lockdown prices of players on the conditional list, but um, I have a list um, and, and my drops. And then, then I kind of go into reading everything. Cause I don't want like, I don't know. I just don't want, everybody else's influence yeah yeah i don't want the mm-hmm. influence i don't want the influence i want like reassurance or i want um <laughs> <laughs> or do they, yeah i want that confirmation bias like yes i'm on yeah, that there guy you too. go there you or, go you know but um i i really the, the, the biggest thing i use it for is is the prices you know especially uh vlad because um you know people tend to you know mimic that a lot and um not everybody obviously um but you know it's it's uh it's the only thing of you know out there that'll set that bar that'll set that price and you know obviously you can look at you know labor results and tout uh, tout you know um an hour before the nfc bid uh bids go in and um kind of see what what everyone there thinks um but yeah i tend to try to save that for last because I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to, and I have such a process already too, that like, if I have to rush through my process, but I've already, you know, looked at everyone else's, then I'm like, I feel like I'm shorting myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's just me. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing all that before I'm even looking at the player pool. And then once I get to the waiver wire, I just, I kind of, I'll start by making like one big list of the players I'm interested in adding. And then once I have my targets identified, I'll like re-review the list. I'll, I kind of organize them based on, you know, the bidding order I want to, I want, want them to be in. And then just do the, the bid amounts last. Um, 
and then agonize over those for several hours before <laughs> that runs. Several yeah, hours. I chew down my nails in the final fucking minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just like walk away. Like I'm, and and then and then it's like I'm always trying to figure out when to just step away. Like All right, I gotta go get a nice coffee, or I gotta go get more right. water. Like I'm I'm dying of thirst, and and, and like <laughs> I, I should go get a glass of water, but I'm just like, let me just check this, and then let me just check that, and then oh my god, please, it's just. Uh, it's really bad. <laughs> hard, very hard. The last few you ever, years. You ever change someone's bed amount at like nine fifty nine p.m. and this is Eastern time, and like you're like hoping you like change it just in time, and then like you the, it runs, and then you're like you way over bid, like way up. Like, I'm oh, actually I'm yeah. actually gathering data on myself, and every every week I change a bid amount at nine fifty seven, and then I see how it. <laughs> I see how it works out and I have a, like, I'll have a running total, like three out of 10 were like bad, bad, bad changes. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want that on this stuff. I don't want it um, just to be where everyone says, don't do it at the last minute. Cause you never know. Like usually it's bad, but you know, sometimes you might work. It's good having that data though, man. Like having (laughs) just data like that you can play with is awesome. That's smart. Yeah. 957 Rob is not the best fabric. (laughs) <laughs> at least you're not starting at 957 yeah well that, that would be tough yeah that'd be tough. <laughs> yeah yeah um what i need to do oh, okay. though in my yeah. fab process is is make more time for diving in deeper into the players i'm considering picking up mm-hmm. like i'm looking kind of at like you know recent uh like the recent weekly performances um but i'm not you know since i'm doing fab for i think it's seven yeah, seven leagues, you know, I'm not leaving myself enough time to like really dive deep. Like I know you guys, I know you're doing that Rob. Like I'm diving deep on players and, you know, especially when it comes to like who you're considering dropping and stuff. Like I need to, I need to be a little bit more methodical in my research on certain guys. Um, so. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because you can, I don't know, there's, I just want to look at every single thing and then make sure and then and and then try not to get too snafu'd by that, you know. Oh man, I almost want to try doing fab without looking at Sunday box scores, you know? <laughs> yeah. I really do because why does why does that game have so much influence, you know? It's like, oh, I'm gonna drop this guy. He's like, oh, three for four, and he batted second. What? Well, that's why you know? I kept Lane Thomas last weekend. He had a home run on Sunday. That was a smart move. That was a smart move, though. I mean, yeah, it looked like right. he's batting second again. You know, he's, he's, he's got a good run going. And all he's got to do is stay, you know, but he's not that far off from the player he was last year when he was doing well. So, uh, you know, um, and they, they just have to, they have to play him. You know, he's, he's might be part of the future. I don't know, but he's definitely the bridge to that point at least, you know, for a couple of years, um, just let him, just let him go. Yeah, I agree with that. Todd, what's your process? I thinking like? about it Friday. Okay. What, do you, what, what, what day do you guys start thinking about it? Because I, I start on like Friday after I set my Friday lineups. Like I that's kind of like where I start. I start Wednesday with, with, with updating my free agent sheets with um, like um, just plugging in the uh extracting the rosters from NFBC, putting it into the into a spreadsheet that gives me who's who's a free agent and who the best ones are based off of Razzball um and bat projections. Um 
Derek Rhodes made this tool for me because I'm not I'm not that good at at Google Sheets, but it's 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 just a uh, it's just a way for me to um, start the process. So it's not I'm not doing it all too soon. So um, Wednesday, just start with a little thing like that. I'll update my SGP sheets to Tanner Bell's SGP sheets for like rest of season. So then I'll try to make a quick list of if there's anyone who popped up, who might be a, a rest of season guy. So I make that list Wednesday and then Friday and Saturday, I'll start with, you know, once, once you're done setting lineups for the Friday to Sunday period, I'll, I'll try to, you know, dive into my lineups next week and some players that, you know, um, that, that I might be interested in. Yep. So, so for me, uh, yeah. What do you do, Todd? I'm Let me hear this. I mean, this is going to be dynamite. <laughs> Ryan, get yeah, your pen is, and paper. Uh, out. It's a little different. It's a little different than some other people. But what I do is not the beginning is not dissimilar. Uh, the, the effort is who who would I drop, and what I do at the beginning, Rob, is um, I I consider dropping more players than I'm eventually going to drop. So let's say I'm just making this up, but let's say I had a bad performing catcher that I was thinking of dropping. Um, you know, there may not be anyone out there that's better or that I really like better, but I, I might put that on the, on the list for somebody to drop. And then step two is, oh, so that's creating... like, that's like, that, that's like padding the Christmas wish list. So when you like, don't get everything, you still got right. a good amount of things. Todd, let me, you're bringing the psychotherapy part of this. Uh, equation yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So then, then the step two is creating these waterfalls of uh, players and mm -hmm. people that I might consider dropping for a, a guy that's hurt or whatever, and um, and building building those out and trying. Uh, and I start around Thursday or Friday, trying to put them in the right order. And the thing that I do that's different, I think, than a, a lot of other people is I only uh, put guys in at one dollar until Sunday. So mm, I don't, yes. don't even worry about the dollar amount. I doesn't, I list as Ryan does. I listen to podcasts. I write, read articles about, uh, about free agent ads. And, uh, you know, I might see what people are saying about dollar amounts, but basically I'm looking to build my waterfalls and say, I want player A first, B second, and C third. And then on Sunday, when I have a better idea of you know, who I want and that the waterfalls are in the right place. And sometimes I'm deleting entire waterfalls because I'd rather have the player that, you know, I, I currently own. Then I start to say, how much, how badly do I need them? And how much do I think they're going to go for? Uh, how much have I heard them on the podcast? How much, you know, have, are people recommending? And so then I'm uh, adjusting the numbers. So um, that's, I think that's the main difference for me then other people is leaving that dollar amount till the end because when you're moving guys around from the first pickup to the fifth pickup you really it really is is confusing to me to have a dollar amount on them to begin with mm -hmm. so i just don't even deal with that till the end i like that that's a good move yeah i'm usually the same thing a whole bunch of ones except for like if like someone really if I want a guy, I'll put a different number on him. So when I go to it, I know, you know, that like it stands out like, okay, yeah, sure, this is, sure, this is sure. the guy I want in this league. Have you guys utilized the, the, um, the function on the NFBC that they added that allows you to copy your bids? 
into other leagues? I have not. Yes. Yeah. Todd, you have have you tried it or you just haven't? I I just feel like each team is so different that you know, like I don't know, even if I have a couple of outfielder waterfalls, the players are so different that I'm let's say I'm looking for speed in one team and power on another team and It just doesn't seem like it's going to be that helpful. So I'd rather just do it one at a time, to be honest. Gotcha. Ryan, you have tried it. Do you use it or have you just tried it like to mess with it a little bit? I've used it twice and it's, it's more helpful if you start with your 12 team leagues first. Absolutely. Great point. Yes. um, Yeah. Cause, cause that, you know, there's more of a, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just easier. Right. Right. Um, yeah, because you get to the, yeah, 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 and you get to your yeah. Because if you add all the guys that are interested in fifteen, you'll get to the twelves, and then have to add more guys to that that are actually better than the people you added for the fifteen team league, and then it's just a <laughs> huge list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've actually just yeah. Used, although I have okay. noticed a, a couple snags, I the I considered messaging Derek from NFBC about it because um, I did try copying one time, and it said. Um, you know how it like removes people who aren't available in the league. Correct. Um, it didn't to remove it. a few of the guys um, when mm. I did the copy bids. So it was like, like it was weird. It like gave me some sort of error. Um, I don't know if anybody to, else is running. That happened that, to but... me once also, to be honest with yeah, you. And okay, it was recent. Okay. It was pretty recent, but I just, like, I was in such a maniacal part of uh, doing <laughs> fab that I forgot to, you know, bro- bring it up to everyone but that's that's yeah not, not the biggest deal in the world so you can obviously no, remove right. that person but it's like it's just something i notice a little little flaw but right um, I, think, I haven't used it too much but yeah, yeah. i've used it a couple of times and it can be helpful i think um the couple the couple of times i've used it is todd like you were saying you know you might have different needs for each team i've just used it for like a general list um right right you know i think if if you want to start that way and be like or, or as you're making your wish list and you have, you know, six uh, watch list and you have like six guys on it and be like, you know what, I wouldn't mind grabbing like, the, you know, like these guys or if it's three guys and then you just copy it to each league. So at least, you know, you know, if it's just a general thing like that, that maybe you could start with and then obviously work in your. Uh, yeah, your I need. agree. Jazz I think it's helpful when like those line. universal prospects come up, right? Like Nolan Gorman, like. The week right. he came out, like he, you know, he was at it everywhere. It didn't matter if it was 12 or 15. And also that right. week it was Brady Singer and Martin, Martin Perez. And um, so I think I, I think it was that week I last used it because I, um, I think it was too. I think it was you're one right. of those weeks. Where, yeah, yeah. I think other, you're right. The only other problem, the problem for me, Rob, is that um, like when there's a rookie that comes up on a Saturday, right? He's going to be eligible for pickup, but I'm already sort of in the process of building my waterfalls. So I don't want to start over and maybe the rookie is going to be the first pick uh, to pick up, but I'd rather, I'd rather do that manually than try to copy things. It just, um, it just seems like I'm part of the way down the pike already. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, Todd, tell us about your article this week. Um, Sure. I see you. I see you went with the uh, Jurassic Park theme, huh? To start yes. off, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, the new movie, the new movie's coming out, so I thought it was time to go back to the uh, beginning one, 
which is a funny story, Rob. Uh, my son was at summer camp. Uh, it was a, a couple of years after it came out and he was in the infirmary for a few days because he had the flu. And uh, they only had like four uh, tapes. There was a VHS tapes at the time for movies that he could watch while he was sort of holed up in there. And one of them was Jurassic Park. And he didn't really want to watch Jurassic Park by himself. So, but he, the other three <laughs> movies, you know, he really wasn't that interested in and he watched them anyway. So finally he watched Jurassic Park and he said he watched the whole thing like behind with one eye out of the blanket, you know, behind the, <laughs> just peeking out. Cause for a little kid, that's, it's a little scary to watch that, yeah. you know, right. uh, anyway. Uh, so I thought that would be fun, but anyway, the, the, do, uh, you, the up do you guys think if, if, if you, if, um, would you be scared? Would you be shit scared of a dinosaur? Like if you were either, propped into when dinosaurs were around or like you saw one now would you be like totally, for sure yeah for sure right like i'll be terrified <laughs> yeah like it could just step like the, on you and your house you know yeah right. i mean like the t-rex you know that's that was a, that was a bad uh dinosaur to run into it would cause some mass hysteria yeah if it's just like listen there was a deer in my neighborhood and this is this is an embarrassing story to tell there was a deer in my neighborhood that just gave birth and i was walking my dog and this deer was coming after me and my dog and of course my dog doesn't like bark or do anything she just like cowers away but like these mama deer are defensive now imagine if it's a big dinosaur who's <laughs> just had a baby you know it's going to trample you man well so, some of the worst accidents have been people hiking and that just happen to run into a bear with cubs you know and then uh, right. you can really uh, get hurt that way so yeah. yeah and i think uh dinosaur is a lot bigger than even a bear just watch out for the killer deer in parma iowa man. <laughs> these, these deer are ruthless especially the mama deer okay fine, fine you think like you know how they like people pay to go like on the spacex and go like up up and come down like you think if jurassic park was real like people pay high dollar to take a ride through it oh yeah yeah right <laughs> for sure it wouldn't be for and sure. that's what i think like it wouldn't be a theme park like it is in the movies it would be it would be a a, a high paying thing only yeah that's yeah, yeah that's my opinion you know todd shaking his make head sure, he's like All make right. sure the make sure the electricity in the fences is working properly uh. <laughs> What was the what was the last one? Were there like um, I'm not really like a, a a huge you know like I don't I don't remember which ones which I don't know if I've even seen them all but the one I think it was the recent one right where they the the two kids travel in that ball and they have like a joystick that they're controlling yeah. right yeah that was the recent mm -hmm. one yeah 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 I would yes. do something like that like I want the controls I don't want like a I don't want like a um you know like a like a like a line of like and, and it's like uh you know like a ski lift i don't want a a a big <laughs> i don't want a big assembly line of people that is controlled yeah, by like the first the first the first one they just had that little car that was going on a, on a track and yeah you, you don't want right. to be in that no no i want the ball that rolls every single way every angle backwards <laughs> yeah yeah i want that it has like two yeah it has the double glass system i want all of that yep okay so anyway okay. right back to the fab article todd bring us okay bring us anyway. in here. rain me in sorry so do you want See, uh, i don't come here for two weeks and i'm just like i have so much to okay, say yeah, yeah. Uh, you're off schedule 
I'm done. I'm muting myself. In the pitching stats, Rob, do you want the hitting in the pitching stats? Go. Just tell me. Okay. Please don't make me make a decision because so, so, I'm going to keep talking. Okay. Never mind. Uh, forget dinosaurs. So, so uh, runs per game is up to 4.30. Uh, mm. It was a lot lower. And now uh, it's, it's getting a little closer to the 4.53 of 2021. So a little better home runs are 1.02 per game. Uh, so it's still way below the 1.22 of last year, but it was like in the 0.93 or something area a few weeks ago. So it's at least a little better. Batting average is now 240, close to last year's 244. It was like 232 in early May, I think. So the, there's more hitting for sure. And then if you drop down to the pitching, the strikeouts are still way down. They really haven't budged too much. They're at 8.33 per game. 8.68 was the last two years. Uh, walks are down a little bit, not quite as much at 3.17. So, um, so the ball is being put in play a little more. I've mentioned, um, you know, less strikeouts and walks, a little more hitting lately. So it's not quite as dire. I'm, I don't know if it's because there's a different ball or they change the settings on the humidor or whatever, but uh, certainly a little bit more scoring for sure. Yeah. Um, batting average so far, um, 240 on the season, last 30 days, 246, last two weeks, 14 games, uh, 14 days, 250. So climbing up, it is climbing up. Um, also home run to fly ball on the year, 11% last 30 11.7 last 14, 12.10. Um, so, uh, you know, things, things are trending um, upwards, I think, for that. Um, I know Jason Collette just wrote a great article on RotoWire talking about several different metrics that are moving, like um, distance of fly balls and, um, you know, a whole bunch of other uh, metrics that are moving toward, you know, the possibility of offense, um, you know, opening up a little bit. I just happened to do a quick little dive this afternoon on the parks that have had humidors versus the parks that have humidors for the first time this year. And just looking at the difference in home run to fly ball percentage in April, May, and June. And in the stadiums that have had previous humidors, they are pretty much in line with the uh, numbers from last year and in the parks with the new humidors um, it's down, it's down at least 4% in two months. And then in May it was down 2.4%. So um, it's definitely making a difference in the, in the spot with the new humidors. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas the parks with the previous humidors um, is just pretty much like old times for them. So I wonder if there's anything to gain from that, you know, um, at all, but yeah, you know, the weather's going to change. It's going to change even more. But um, it's cool that, you know, just to keep an eye on these type of things, especially the run environment. Yeah. Why do you think there's more balls in play, Ryan? Do you think that's um, like organizational things, perhaps? Maybe teams are instructing guys to, you know, just put a little more bat in the ball? Or you think it's just like random numbers right now? I have no idea. Yeah, good. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I don't have organizational I wish info. I could. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great, great podcasting advice for yeah. your listeners, but I, a, I really have no clue. That's a question for Eno Saris or someone on the inside that, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Craig Mish. <laughs> right. So, um, so, yeah, so. 
the yeah, article uh, that I went into uh, focused on ERA as this week, and um, and and surprisingly enough, the ERA target of eighty percent is three point two nine, which is obviously lower than last couple of years in the main event, but I thought it was even lower than I expected. Now it's going to come up if the hitting comes up, but I mean. Uh, let's see, last year was 3.65 and uh, uh, in 2019, it was 3.85. So you really got to be down in the low threes to be at the 80% mark. Um, And then the question for fantasy owners is, if you've got a really good ERA right now, um, do you want to maybe back off in terms of innings um, because you want to protect your ratios a little bit because you got a good one? Or do you want to keep after it, figuring that you got a better pitching staff than some of the other teams, and you want and you still need obviously you need the strikeouts and the wins anyway. So, um, but I think it is a tough thing. I don't know if if you've got a low ERA whether you can expect that to sort of hold in place. Ooh, I guess it depends on who your pitchers are. You know, if you've been if you've been uh, being carried by maybe. Um, some of the guys that made your list, Todd, that weren't, you know, high draft picks like Tyler Anderson, mm-hmm. Martin Perez, if, if these guys have been, you know, part of your surge to keep that number, maybe not, you know. Um, and I guess it all depends how you manage with, uh, you know, if, if, if owners would try to put in more middle reliever types to keep it down. Um, but right. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Um, I know, like you said, on the year, it's, um, 4.04 last uh, 14, 4.31. Um, and that's pretty close to last year's ERA in the major league, which was uh, 4.34. And the second half ERA last year was 4.5. So if we get, you know, it, it, it might be trending up toward that, um, toward that number. Last year, it was funny because I actually took a look at my main event teams last year. And in one league, I had a 3.626, which was good for um, sixth place and 10 points um mm-hmm. and my other league where i was able to get um six points in the ra i was at a 3.99 and if i uh-huh. had those if i had a 399 now in my league i would be in last <laughs> you know <laughs> it's such a it's such a big difference um that's true that's true where do you guys stand right now in the era in your leagues go ahead ryan I have a 298 ERA. Um, like I said, but pitching pitching's my strength of my team. So um, I think it was in the top 50-ish for that category in the main event. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much carrying – my pitching staff's pretty much carrying my team right now. Great, great. That's, yeah, that's I, pretty I solid. Three, yeah. I have three main event teams, two of which are very good, 287, 308. And then one is uh, exactly Rob where you said, which is really bad, three point nine nine. It's not uh, not doing very well. So, um, you know, the, the two that are doing well, though, I agree with Ryan. That's the strength of the teams that I have. I need more help in hitting, but um, but at least the pitching ERA is really good right now. Has it been you guys' strength from who you drafted, or has anyone helped you along the way? Um you know, to, uh, to lower that, uh, Ryan, I have your team up. I see it pretty much most guys you drafted, right. I'm assuming you drafted Lauer. Um, 
Yep. Yeah. yeah every it's been every person I've yeah. left. I don't think I've actually I think I've only made one change or bad pickup on the pitching side this year. I I I, I, I put. Yeah, we can go through it later, but I put in a, below in our outline, I put the guys you changed, Ryan, and the guys you didn't. So oh, let's see, the only is. pitchers you dropped, uh, I think, were Trevino and San Martin you had yep. at the beginning, um, and Michael Fulmer. So no, I mean, San Martin. Lois Ega, too, yeah. Yeah, Lois Ega, yeah. right. So you, the only starter was San Martin, and he was – you know, he was sort of a minor league guy at the beginning anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, I made two pickups. I picked up Helsley and Danny Jimenez. Right, um, right. You picked up but, relievers. You know, starters but... I've been pretty consistent with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drafted. So. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, the two guys for me, Lauer was also a draft guy we drafted. And also uh, we got Nestor Cortez. So that's really helped a lot. Yeah, nasty Nestor. Nasty Nestor, yep. That's some lefty combination you got there, Todd. There you go. There you go. They've been doing well. Right. Um, Absolutely. So let's see. Uh, and I did want to go through quickly, Rob, the uh, the top 20 that you mentioned, the top 20 ERA as of Sunday morning. Yep. Because um, Martin Perez continues to amaze me. Hmm. Um you know, I mean, I watch Nestor Cortez because I'm a Yankee fan and I see his games, but Martin Perez, I keep expecting, maybe I don't expect him to blow up and have a seven ERA, but I don't expect him to have a 142. And he, even his last start was very good. Um, he's just seemingly putting the ball in perfect spots and uh, he's, you know, leading. I mean, what more can you say? He was leading the league in earned run average. Um, the guys that you might expect to be up there, Joe Musgrove and Sandy Alcantara were third and fourth Manoa, who I know Ryan drafted and, uh, and James and I drafted, uh, is, is fifth McClanahan, who's been great, um, has, was next, uh, Scooble and Pablo Lopez, who I was worried about his injury history, but, um, he's been outstanding so far. And then, uh, I guess the other guys to mention are the really late guys, Kyle Wright, who has been a great pickup, um, Tyler Anderson, um, and uh, even even Paul Blackburn. Has, he's in the top 20 of ERA, at least as of then. And um, he's, again, he's not a hard thrower, but he's been able to um, even get a reasonable amount of strikeouts for the amount of innings he's pitched. So those guys have really helped fantasy owners when they have drafted them alec manoa shane mcclanahan you guys give me a quick which round are they being taken in next year wow second two yep they have to enter right close to i mean if not the back i'd say i'd say it depends on how manoa finishes mcclanahan is at least second um he might even get close to the first unless you know something happens Manoa, Ooh, I can't I wait. Could, I can't wait. I think Manoa will probably go at late second or early third. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, I would say early third, the latest, because um just got the skills, got the good, good, good team context to, you know, get get wins. Um, so I mean, yeah, both of them have been really, really solid this year. Nothing yeah. um, yeah, really carrying, you know, that 
that you know uh that range of of pitchers from 80 to 110 even like you know a lot of veteran guys like the darvish musgrove types um and then you have uh anoa and mcclanahan been been really lights out mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah some teams are going to go hater in the first and mcclanahan in the second Ooh, that's a great wheel todd <laughs> if i mean if you get them at the wheel i mean hater or or mcclanahan who, who knows i mean I was listening to Rayton Barrels and they were going through the first round of, of like, you know, who could, who can leave it and who can enter it. And, you know, right. um, they didn't mention McClanahan, uh, but it's, it's, he might get the Todd. I, I, I think that's a good call. I think, I think, I think yeah. he might, I think he might approach that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, Would you take him right, over Joe? Garrett Cole? Sorry. Would you take him over Garrett Cole? McClanahan? Uh, I don't think so, just because I think uh, Cole is more reliable. I think right. higher ceiling would be McClanahan, though. Right. What about, like, right now? Like, I know the NFC didn't do the, um, the second chance league. I was excited to maybe right. try one this year. Um, but you, you, you would still Cole, – Cole would be number one for you, or would you take Burns? Well, he'd be ahead of McClanahan for sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but like right now, would would Shane be like in the in that back back half of the first, like you're saying? Uh, I think early second for me. I don't know yeah. about Ryan. Mm, this is interesting. Yeah, I'm, I would say early second. Yeah, I don't know if he's a first rounder yet, but he's I know. Close. Yeah, he's close. I'd still sure. take Cole. Yeah. And you got you got Corbin Burns in there too. Yeah. Yeah, they're still. I think they're still one two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a solid list though, Todd, of um, you know, different spots to get, you know, p- players um to help you with the ERA. Out of the guys who were in that far range of um, you know, players picked real late, like Nestor Cortez, uh Tyon, Kyle Wright, um Tyler Anderson, w- which one of you guys, which one of these guys do you think has the best chance to, you know, take a big slide? Oh, take a slide down the charts. Yeah. Well, I'd say of the guys I listed, uh, Blackburn, I think, is not going to stay up there myself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I would predict Martin Perez, but he's made me look stupid so far. So you could, you can just laugh at that one. Yeah, I'm, I agree. Blackburn, uh, maybe, maybe Scooble. I don't know. Ooh, don't put no pretty good. on Scooble now. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, the Tigers are bad, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. honestly, out of um, I think it's going to be Kyle Wright. Honestly, um, I don't know he just to me hasn't been special um, mm-hmm. recently. You know, um. But he can still know. have value because he pitches for a good team. So right, 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 right. No, I think he's still going to have value, but I think right now he he has so much of that start holding him up in the yeah, eyes. Yeah, I agree. Of, I agree with that. Of of everyone, you know, um, I don't know. Even if you take like the last thirty days, you know, the last five starts, uh, you know, the ERA shining at three one four, but the, the Sierra is at four three. K per K K minus walk is twenty four. To 14 that's not special 11 percent isn't special 
Um, mm. The swinging strike is 10 and a half. That's not as good as who was doing prior to that. Uh, you know, he's still good in the zone. He's still, uh, but not getting guys to chase as much. So I don't know. I, I just, and yeah, I watched five walks him. walks his last start too. Right, right. You're right. He did. And I watched him against the Mets too. And he just didn't look like his, his, I think that was the, I think that was the first game. And then that, that, that let, that was out of the last five starts. If I remember, um, because I just remembered he did. I'm like, ah, it wasn't so special. You know, he didn't look like as great as everyone was making it seem out to be. But again, um, you know, I think this is, this is part of fantasy, right? Guys get off to hot starts and you, it doesn't leave your head, right? Like you kind of, maybe they become auto starts and maybe you don't go, Oh, well, I didn't know they were that bad in the last five starts. Or the same thing with guys who start off bad, right? Or ice cold. You you can never get past that. Well, this guy must still be cold, you know, you know without really diving yeah, right, into the, right. you know, the last couple of weeks or so. But um, yeah, so I'm gonna go uh with with Kyle Wright. I think he's in for uh, you know, um a second half that's gonna be not great for Kyle Wright on us. Okay, interesting. I could interesting. be wrong. Could be wrong. Okay. But um, um, all right. So let's, let's let's get into the players. Let's uh, talk about the most added guy this okay. week, Mister Connor Pilkington. Connor Pilkington, Oof. yeah, Connor. Just just like we all suspected a couple of weeks ago, Connor Pilkington will be the big name. Um, he's added in all forty-seven leagues, a high of seventy-two, low of three. Um, so he wasn't hugely bid on in terms of dollars, but he was added in every league. He's got a great two-step this week. And uh, I think he showed with the eight strikeouts he got in the last game that he he has the ability to cut strikeout batters. So I think that's what attracted everybody to him. I don't know if you guys added him. I I was I had him on lists, but he was sort of down the list, and I didn't end up adding him anywhere. He lost the two step because of the rain out yesterday. Oh, I see. Which okay. is huge. Um, and I actually wanted to point out something, uh, Toby. Batflip crazy said in a little group chat that we have. Um, he said, How much did the postponed game impact Connor Pilkington's likelihood of success for the next couple of weeks? Um, more than that, pre postponed game, right? Texas, 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 and Oakland to start um, at LAD, which pretty, you know, pretty rough start. Boston, Minnesota, at Detroit, at KC, and then Detroit. So Awesome stretch. Awesome stretch of games. Now he'll face Texas, but then he'll have to go to Colorado and then he has to go to L.A. anyway and Boston, Minnesota um, and Detroit and Chicago. So KC swapped out for Chicago there. Um, Different, way different from six starts to five starts. Um, And and also a big difference in the quality, um, especially losing the double start this week, which everyone chased. So I just wanted to point that out because um, Toby was really um, upset about the rain out, especially the first thing he pointed out about the rain out that, you know, he might lose his um, his two start week. But um, I mean, I don't know. His minor league stuff didn't really wow me. Um, It was only one game, but I think his stuff. And pitching plus number on Eno's um, grade weren't good. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't even bid at all on him. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't didn't either. I wasn't involved. Um, but I was involved with a crazy, crazy deep dive because um, we were giving him in our group chat the nickname of Pilk. 
you know, just like short because he was um, talked about a lot during the week um, in the chat. And instead of writing out the full name, we were just writing Pilk um, as a nickname. And um, but um, Phil actually pointed out what Pilk is and it's Pepsi mixed with, with milk. <laughs> and that is Pilk. Um, and I think that's pretty disgusting. Um, yeah, really, really. I guess because I, you know, I don't like either, but I just, yeah. And then I actually went to, um, I mean, would anyone try that? Would anyone try Pilk? Not if I had a choice. I mean, yeah. What about for money? For money. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd do it for money. 100 bucks. Well, it depends how much, Ryan. Don't go, don't say yes. I do it for five bucks. I mean, five bucks. How, I love how, it. How much I love different it. is it than a root beer float? <laughs> You're like, right. Root beer, root beer dairy, float yeah, is, it's dairy is and soda. Soda and dairy, too. So it's yeah, ice that. cream, though. Ice cream's a little different. Ryan, yeah, you, but, you know what? Uh, maybe that's why people like it. I, I think, wow, you just cracked the case. Me in the shower. <laughs> I feel like it's my cousin Vinny. You just nailed it. Oh man! But then you I know, may, I, I may try it by the end of this podcast. I'm gonna go get some Pepsi and some milk. And I'll try. It. I'll try the pilk try for the everyone, pilk. just so just so they get a live experience right, of what pilk. Don't, don't drink pilk it too is. fast. We we need to close our article next week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but the other pilk can be also pickles and milk, pickle juice pickles. and milk. I mean, I love no, pickle juice. No I, I mean, I'm a big pickle juice guy, but I would never, never mix it with milk. You know, um, but yeah, Urban Dictionary, if you just put in Pilk, I mean, it is a crazy, crazy list of things. Pickle milk, Pepsi milk, piss milk, penis, penis milk. I think you can figure out what that is. Um, also, the milk of pigs that came from a TV show, um, Pilk. <laughs> this Pilk is delicious. Um Another one, poop milk. Ooh, I think oh, you can figure God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Rob, we, we can't let you skip a week anymore. I'm this sorry. is great, though. This is great. Isn't this great, though? Um, I actually, also, it, it's funny, but it's one of them. One of the things is actually uh, created for milk that comes from plants. And I'm, I'm cow, so plant milk would be pilk. So uh, all almond milk. You know, I drink almond milk, oat milk. Um, hemp milk. So I guess I could unifyly call them, um, you know, pilk now. Um, crazy, 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 crazy. Not only that, but there's like five pages of, of pilk, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, also pilking is to throw up from vomiting, <laughs> throw up or vomiting after taking medicine from surgery. So you could pilk all over the room. This is crazy. <laughs> Uh, this, this is, is an really, interesting rabbit hole that Connor Pilkington yes. provided. I love it. I love it. I should have picked them up this just is, for this. I mean, if I would have, this is going to help looked, a, lot, a lot of fantasy owners are going to get helped by this, Rob. I think so. I think if they want a good laugh for five <laughs> minutes, they can pilk and hit the, you know, go to Urban Dictionary and type in pilk and you'll get a, you know, I'm going to tweet at him right now, Connor Pilkington, and see if oh, he's God. gone to the Urban Dictionary site. Oh, boy. Pilk. No, please. Oh, oh my God. Ryan, come on. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Then anyway, we talked about what uh, Pilk is. Um, yeah, I didn't have any any Pilkington this week. Um, thank God, because I don't want to get Pilk at all. Thank God. Um, 
<laughs> Number two, Luis Garcia, Washington Nationals. Luis Garcia. So, right? so there are many, there are many Luis Garcias, Rob. Many, uh, many, many. But this this kid is a a very young second baseman for Washington. He's uh, done really well uh, for the Nats in the minors, and I think he's got a good, strong potential. I did get him in one league, um, and I think, uh, you know, I think why would the Nats not play him, you know? Right. I think that they he deserves to play. The Nats aren't going anywhere. Nobody's getting on base for Soto anyway. So I'm hoping that they give him a shot, and obviously a lot of owners thought the same way. They bid him up to 103, and as low as five, and he was picked up in 43 leagues. So that's, uh, I think, an endorsement for Garcia. Yeah, definitely. He had a, had a healthy median bid, and um, I like it. I mean, I, I I didn't get him, even though I really loved uh, – I love him, I, but I, I didn't really need up-the-middle help, um, and mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get him for the, the prices. I kind of was a little low on him than that, but – yeah, I mean, the skills are there for sure. He puts the bat on the ball. I think that's what we like to see. Um, right. Questions about him being able to lift for power, but, you know, I think it'll come. He's got a pretty solid max EV of 108. Um, and, you know, I think that you take, you, you take the average bump and and hope we can uh, glide into more power. I'm looking into him and Kybert always same team but like a similar approach they really put the bat on the ball they don't strike out much and um see if they could develop some power they'll be good for uh that young team but um lost out on bids for him what about you Ryan did any bidding on Luis Garcia no but I, I I do like what what I see with him like you said he doesn't strike out much um and you know the competition Elcides Escobar isn't really a threat to his rest of the season playing time I mean Escobar was hitting 220, you know, so unless he's like a wizard defensively, which I'm not, you know, up to date on Alcides Escobar's defensive prowess, but, uh, you know, he has a good chance of sticking if, uh, or Garcia does if, if, uh, you know, even when Escobar comes back. I have to look this up again, but at one point, um, Alcides Escobar, the only thing I really do love about him, and I think he has the most, pulled triples um out of not only active players but i think in the last like 20 years um i think usually that's like an opposite field type of hit that guys will leg out the um the third the third base at but i think from i'm not mistaken yeah i do a lot of uh a lot of research on pull hitters for some reason but um (laughs) that is the most random set i think it is the most random. i know i know i know i have to look and i think that was maybe at the beginning of the year i have to i have to bring up that sheet maybe if i could find it while while we're talking at some point i'll i'll bring that up again but i'm pretty sure that was a thing um but anyway all right todd who's next so uh ross tripling picked up in the 41 leagues and i uh i got him in two of the main event. So I was happy about that. And he got a win yesterday with five innings of pitching. I was a little concerned about how many innings he would pitch because he's not really been deep. He's been in the bullpen most of the time. Uh, but uh, I think he's got potential and I don't think Ryu is going to be back anytime really soon. So I think if he pitches reasonably well, I, I don't see how he's getting pushed out of the rotation. And uh, obviously Toronto is capable of hitting a lot better than they've done so far. So 
he would stand to have a good chance for victories, I think. Um, I don't know if you yeah. guys picked him up, but I was happy to get him. Fine. You have I was concerned about his innings. Um, yesterday was only the second time he's gone five plus innings through his six starts. Um, right. Like you said, most of his starts came out of the bullpen. Um, but I mean, he couldn't beat his matchups for his two step this week, uh, the Royals and uh, the yeah. Tigers. So, yeah. you know, I certainly don't, uh, um, certainly not surprise people picked him up, right. Uh, right. but I was worried about his innings. So. Yeah, and his defense, he, since he's a former starter, he's not just relying on two pitches. So that's a plus, I think. And, uh, you know, I think that he certainly doesn't, doesn't have much to go to make the transition, but I agree he might be in the more of the four or five, six inning zone for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean – I like it. If you can get to that level, uh, that's that's great. I was surprised the five innings, to be honest, to start off the week. And I'm really thrilled about that. I got him in one main, lost, um, lost out in another. But uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. I, I think it, I think he's got a solid stretch ahead of, uh, of production from, um, you know, and, and it's not like um, it won't be crazy K numbers, but he doesn't walk any guys, you know, 20% K, 5% walk, um, got a good first strike. Uh, he's just, I think he attacks hitters, you know, in the zone. And um, even if it's not dominant stuff, it works for him. Um, yeah. There was a cool threat, uh, there was a cool tweet out from uh, at Mitch Bannon. And he said um, that Ross Dripling as a starting pitcher since adjusting his glove placement to avoid tipping pitches last May. As a starter, 19 games started, 3.6 ERA, 7.7 K per nine, 2.1 walk per nine with a 1.05 whip. Uh-huh. So pretty interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was in on Shipling. And I think, um, like you said, I don't think Ryu makes it back or makes it back to, you know, to take Stripling spot. And I think um, – uh, Nate Pearson just got put on a longer IL, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. He did. He did. Yeah. So I think Rossi, uh, Rossi strip will, uh, I think he's going to play up for a little bit. Yep. I agree. And then the next guy is also a starting pitcher candidate, Graham Ashcraft. He's the Reds are leading nine to nothing tonight and he's on the mound. So, uh, you know, the Reds are, they're going to be calls to break up the Reds because they were three and 22. If you guys remember, and now I think they're over 500 since then. Um, and they're leading 9-0 tonight over the Diamondbacks. So, uh, you know, he's, he seems like he's got some potential uh, as a reasonably good starting pitcher. And if the Reds are going to play better baseball, then he stand to benefit. Did, did you guys get him anywhere? I did not myself. Uh, get Ryan. I didn't bid on him. Um, but uh, main, main thing for me was um, – walking 4.8 batters per nine in the minors triple a this season so a little scary but he thus far he hasn't really walked many batters in the majors so um also a 62 and a half ground ball percentage so it's that's pretty good yeah 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 um tonight yeah four innings right now two hits one strikeout um nothing crazy uh 23 percent whiff i thought he's 99.9 99.9 on his cutter and 99.5 <clears throat> max on his sinker. So hard stuff, um, but the strikeouts and the swing and miss hasn't really 
seen in a game and a half so far. Um, and they are playing the Diamondbacks, which is one of the worst hitting teams in the league. But definitely uh, could be could be interesting scoop. Um, right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, back, back-to-back games with, with Hunter Green pitching well. And uh, my nephew, I want to shout out to my nephew. He's um, going to school to, at, at Xavier College. And um, he is interning with the Reds and right now. So he's having a good time. He's learning the ins and outs of baseball. He shadowed Nick Crawl the other day um, and just watched what he did, you know, um, Pretty much the whole That's day. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. really cool. That's I'm like cool. so jealous. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, maybe, maybe did he start the day they were three and twenty-two? Because maybe he's the reason for the turnaround. He might be the reason for the turnaround. Because I mean, that was when school ended. That's when he started. So it could be Todd. Could be. <laughs> just I'm gonna theory. have to. Just yeah. a theory. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Is baseball um, his passion? Is that what he wants to do with it? With his yeah, his yeah, yeah. Baseball, anything with, um, you know, like. Anything, you know, stadium management, um, you know, team management, whatever. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's on his way. I was trying to, you know, trying to teach him some analytics and, you know, sabermetric stuff um, the past couple of years. But he's learned a lot on his own, you know. Um, played Plays in my di- in my home dynasty league and, you know, he's good. So he, he's uh, grown up uh, and, yeah, this is what he wants to do. And, um I hope he makes it, you know, it'd be great. Any, any spot in, in baseball, I think he's going to be over cool. the moon. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And then Edward, Edward Cabrera was the next pickup and he's not leading nine, nothing tonight. He's leading 10, nothing tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I guess this means that the larger pickups uh, are very smart, at least so far, but he, he was the big uh, overall bid because of his, Overall pedigree and talent. He went for 331. Somebody got him for 17 in the main event, though. Um, and uh, I think, you know, he has the talent to do it. It's a question of whether he can sort of stop the walks. I was a little worried myself, but, um, you know, I really wasn't going to bid in the 300s for Cabrera based on his past record. So I didn't get him anywhere either. I lost out on him so close. Oh, man. Um, let me pull up what I lost him by. Ryan, would you aid you to get any Herbero this week? No, I was not interested. Uh, due to the not interested. And, yeah. yeah, and it might be a mistake. But, um, yeah, so far at the big league level, I mean, aside from, you know, his start against the Rockies uh, last week, um, you know, he was walking over six batters per nine through his first 32 big league mm-hmm. innings mm-hmm. Um, that'll go down with today's start, but, um, and home almost two homers per nine uh, though. All six of his homers came last year. So we'll see if, uh, you know, he, he performs better this year, but the walk rate was the, the big thing that scared me off. Yeah. 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 I, it, it's, it's definitely something to be wary of for sure. Um, we just looked, you know, just looked really impressive in his first start and you know i was trying to say just like i'm trying to think of myself in my head stuff us you know uh stuff just just just, just looking at pure stuff with grayson rodriguez you know out and max meyer with problems with the ulnar nerve um don't know the word on him yet specifically but 
think those two guys were going to be really, really big, um, you know, grabs. But but pure stuff wise, unless you got a drop in your league, that's like a guy that was drafted and 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 someone just didn't need pitching or whatever. Someone just dropped a good starting pitcher. You know, how many more guys will pop up that will be as talented as him? You know, um, I don't know. I lost out. Um, I lost out on him. Um, fifth, 77 to 58. I was the 58. And then I, I and then I lost out. Um, I lost out oh, where I just have it. At the, uh, 50, 48 to 44. So um couple bucks each time uh the 44 mm-hmm. one was uh it was my better pitching team so i lowered the price a little bit if i made it the same price as my other bit on him i would have got him but you know that's the way of the draw but i think he's gonna be a solid was, scoop. was that at 957 rob yeah 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 i lowered him yep okay i lowered him in 957 yep okay. i actually had him um in the 80s on both teams Okay. And then, okay. and then I did a panic PD move. Like, do I really need him? You know, <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I got real hot. Had to turn on the AC. Forget about it. It was, uh, <laughs> it was nuts. You know. It was okay, nuts. so the last, the last five guys. I'm not going to go through them individually. You guys can comment on any of them that you like. Uh, I'll just read off the name. Sir Anthony Domingue. I picked him up in a couple leagues because he's sort of the backup to Knable, and I have him in a couple, Knable in a couple spots. Ezekiel Duran, a third baseman from Texas, um, looks looks like he has potential. Jose Trevino was a big ad uh, for the Yankees, a catcher. He was hitting well coming out of the gate. Um, Tanner Scott, Ryan could comment on him. He got a save, I think, uh, but I'm a little skeptical about his ability to really consistently get opportunities. And then Bryson Stott, who I think hit a homer or two uh, late in the week um, and maybe can, can carve out some more playing time. So he was a popular ad as well. Yeah. Um, I'll let uh, Ryan comment on Sir Anthony Dominguez and what he thinks um, his, 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 his possibilities are going forward in the Philadelphia bullpen. Coaching change, so maybe we'll see a I don't know if it's much of it as a role change or will it be just like a usage change in, in everybody, right? Like, will they just split a couple of saves here and there? What do you think is going to happen, Ryan? That's uh, a good question with the new manager, uh, interim manager, Rob Thompson. Um, yeah. What has he done in his coaching career? Oh, yeah, you just look like, how come there's no, what does he do with his bullpen? What does Rob Thompson do with the bullpen? That's exactly. what I Googled. What does Rob yeah, Thompson exactly. do? Yeah. Google didn't do anything. I Google the same thing. Yeah. Fucking fucking Google. uh, He's he's been a hitting coach for the Yankees. He's always been with Girardi. Oh, so so he's going to delegate. He's going to have someone else do that for him. And he'll just say, yeah, get it. Make the call. Instead of Girardi, who's, you know, Girardi's, uh, I just picture him as I wanted to do everything, right? I feel like even in his house, he goes home after a long day and he tells his wife exactly like, I don't like this here. I want my dishes on this side of the sink, all that type of stuff. But God, I really got to stop talking tonight. Okay? <laughs> Just tell me to shut the fuck up. Well, so it's tough because, uh, you know, he's managed three games so far. Uh, two of them were blowouts. Um, mm-hmm. The one that wasn't, he did use Corey Knable in the ninth inning of a tie game um, on Sunday. And Knable allowed the go-ahead run, but uh, backdoored into a win when the Phillies came back in the bottom of the ninth. 
Um, so, so yeah, it's really just monitoring, you know, the reliever usage uh, over the next week or so to see, you know, what, what Thompson prefers to do, but uh, Dominguez has been really good. Uh, he hasn't allowed in a run since May 3rd, um, 174 ERA, 102 whip on the season, uh, saved 16 games as a rookie in 2018. So certainly as the, um, the gumption to, to close out games, um, you know, coming off the Tommy John, uh, he's pitched really well. So I would not be surprised if um, he makes the switch eventually, um, especially if Knable continues to struggle. Uh, Knable's four runs over his last four opinion or uh, appearances uh, gave up the first two home runs of the season. Um, Knable's walk rate is up at 11.3%. Um, but the one thing with Knable, he's finished every game he's appeared in for Philadelphia this season. So... Wow. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something. So, right. Yeah. Yep. Right. Man, what happened to Connor Brogdon? I thought at one point he was going to be the guy, right? Uh, he just just hasn't been able to uh, wow wow anybody. I know he had problems getting behind um, early in counts, but still like real good at striking guys out and thirty five percent K rate. I always thought like you know he would have a chance to sneak in and grab some saves, but you know, Dominguez looks like the, uh, the better choice for that right now. Yeah. 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 Brad um, Hans actually um, hasn't allowed an earned run since May 4th. So Brad it could Hans be another option, you know, good old friend, Brad hand, but. Uh, good old Brad, Brad hand, get him value up and try to dip him out. I mean, I don't know exactly. if that's a Dombrowski yep. move or I don't know how, I mean, I guess they're going to play, they're still going to play, you know, what are they, two games under, I think, 500? Um, well, they're around that. So I think there's, you know, there's obviously going to be still playing. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about like, you know, Four games under, yeah. People scaring, you know, people scared about, you know, Bryce Harper being shut down. Like, um, Bryce Harper does not want to be shut down. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it's like, a gamer. He, he's too much of a gamer and he's like, He'd swing until his elbow fell off. He, and I think if he had a tremendous amount of pain, he really wouldn't tell a lot of people. Um, but he's still hitting, he's still hitting the snot out of the ball like this year through the PRP, through, you know, prior, prior to that. But I just want to say how awesome. I think this has been the best part. I don't give a, you know, obviously it's good to see how bad their defense is with Harper DHing as a Met fan. But I think it's so cool that he got to stay in the game, you know, as a DH, like we still got to see Bryce Harper, right? Like we still got to see him play. And without the DH, he, he might've been shut down. Right. You know, like right, from the start, right. because he can't throw unless they teach him to play first. I, I, I don't know. But so for the DH, for people who missed Madison Bumgarner hitting, you wouldn't have seen Bryce Harper. Hit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't like Bryce Harper. And they're like, who gives a shit? He's an asshole. His dad's an asshole too. You know, all those people. But anyway, <laughs> let's keep it moving. Um, <laughs> How about Ezekiel Duran? I got to admit, this guy, he, he kind of snuck up on me. Um, I, I think I dove into him a little too late. And I think I got a little side, little sidestepped, a little sidetracked because I was kind of liking Josh Smith when he got called up. And I think mm-hmm. when he got hurt, I didn't really pivot into looking into Duran as much, but he got some pretty decent write-ups that I saw post the fact that, wow, you know, he thought his interest was um, more than when I looked at the results, I was like, okay, he, he, he went 
a lot higher than I thought. Um, you know, as high as 63, um, as low as five, but you know, 10, 11 winning bids over 32 bucks. Um, then I kind of looked at him after the fact and he looked pretty good. I mean, I think James Anderson kind of, uh, said he's got like a, a similar profile to Morel, like same build, um, same, um, twitchy kind of athlete, like built athlete like that. And, uh, I mean, he, he, he looks pretty good so far. He, yeah, he, he's hitting the ball pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I think I missed one. I, I totally missed this one. Well, we got thanks to James. We got him for five. We were the five. You were the five. <laughs> so we, wow. Yeah, we got him in one league, so that was good. Um, and I'm I'm not sure he's a great great player or anything, but I think he could. He has potential, and uh, maybe that could help us down the road. Yeah, uh, you know, Steamer Bad X has him for four homers and three ribbies for roughly 130 at bats. Uh, he gets twice that much and gives the eight and six. Um, Gets 300 at bats. He might be yeah. 10 10 guys, but it's a pretty solid. Um, but I saw I saw his homer. He just really, really turned on a fastball, like really tw- like torqued himself around and looked really athletic and jacked the ball out of the stadium. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, pretty interesting. Um what else? Uh Tanner Scott, uh Brian, <laughs> what are we gonna do with the Marlins here? I think they even were one of the teams that were interested who went to go see Trevor Rosenthal. So if this is going to be a rat race all year um, with this team? I think so, yeah. Um, Anthony Bass is actually performing the best out of any reliever in that in that pen. So, um, And uh, he saved seven games for Toronto uh, 2020. So, um, And yet last year he was actually the opening date closer for Miami, but he blew his first two uh, save chances. So he, he did not get um, you know, any traction in the role. So, but yeah, I don't know. Tanner Scott, uh, it's just, his whip is just, you know, one, four whip, uh, 13% walk rate, um, K rates highest of his career, 34%, but man, that, that, that whip is just going to be a killer. So, right. I don't know. Right. And you know, it's like, um, I have a little like custom leaderboard on fan graphs that keep for like starters, for closers, for pitchers. And, you know, I like to just go into like the last 14 or the last 30 for each team, you know, just kind of gandering and at the leverage index and the skills. And, you know, I feel like a lot of teams have a guy like with, with leverage indexes over like two, you know, and then a couple guys over one and a half or like 1.7. And I go to the Marlins and have one in the last 30 days, one guy, 1.5 and Bender. And then uh, Bass, Okert, and Head all have 1.1, and Tanner Scott is 1.08, Salsa 1.03. So they have so many clustered guys on with like low lower leverage indexes. Is that just because they're not in spots to, you know, like <laughs> they're not in high leverage spots as a team or they just really spread it out, right? Just six guys right it, there. With, it is. Yeah. It, they, so Miami went 7-19 last month. Um, they, they got one save all of May. Wow. As a team. So yeah, they're not, you know, pitching with leads, um, you know, and in the instances they are, they're, you know, they're not save opportunities. So yeah. And they're ahead, so, yeah, they're ahead as, 12 to nothing today. So I don't think there's going to be a save opportunity. <laughs> three inning save maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you never know. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, um, that's just odd because like, 
don't know. Just feel like, um, you know, the pitching has been pretty good, right? Uh, this year. Um, I mean, it feels like, you know, Lopez, Alcantara, uh, I guess Trev- not Trevor Rogers, but is it the offense that's not giving them a chance to uh, get into these close games or um, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I think the offense is struggling. Um, You know, they're, they got a lot of just guys who, you know, Solaire strikes out a lot. Um, Garcia hasn't had a good season. Um, So, or or at least he's turning things around recently, but um, which is good because I have them a lot, a lot of places. Yeah. 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 uh, On a lot of spots. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, last, uh, in the last 30 days, you know, like the, the 13th in the league, uh, the Marlins with a 108 WRC plus, but they, yeah. they do strike out the um, seventh most. So, yeah. yeah they were um, terrible in April. They were terrible in April, I think. And Aguiar is, was not hitting at all. Um, right. I want to touch yeah, I'm, on. I'm just okay. avoiding this pen altogether. So, altogether, I mean, right? Tanner Scott may, yeah, I'm, I'm not touching it. So unless somebody like gets some footing and gets a couple saves in a row, um, you know, Miami's a losing team. They're, they're, yeah, I think they're, yeah, they're almost in last place in the in, in NLE. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. not expecting a lot of save opportunities and the ones hey, you just have to guess right now. I mean, if you're desperate for saves, then, then you have to like kind of go through these guys like Scott and Sulcer and, uh, you know, maybe Anthony Bass at some point, but, right. Um, you know, Mattingly I, likes to use one guy if he can. Yeah. So, you know, if if the next save opportunity, save chance, you know, may may carry some momentum forward, whoever whoever gets that chance. Right. Yeah, I thought I had a gold mine in Solzer when I picked him up, you know, before he got his save for like three bucks before he went, you know, last week for a whole bunch of money. And I was like, yes, baby. Got my first, <laughs> you know, like successful spec puck. Possibly, no, not <laughs> at all. Um, right, right. One of the guys that was on your list, Todd, uh, picked up in thirty-two league, Bryson Stott. Um, so, yeah. looks like he's going to run back into some playing time. Gene Tagore is out. I think they're going to let him float around, play second and short, right. um, and cover that. Um, I think he's going to get close to, if not everyday playing time. So he went for as high as sixty-nine. Um, as low as a buck in three leagues, um, $18 winning, uh, median winning bid. Um, you know, I, I think I've been pretty vocal about how much I like Stott, but, um, you know, I, 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 I looked at like him and Jonathan India, uh, and their first hundred plate appearances and it's not that much difference, you know, and if anyone wants to say, well, there were different pedigrees or, you know, India was a high pick um in the minors they had a similar profile as well the k k to walk was close um very close power was pretty much the same thing ops and slugs thought even had him um and and through their first 96 plate appearances um it's pretty close like from what jonathan india did last year he got off to a bad start last year they both had two homers they both had 11 runs uh jonathan india 222 stop 160 okay got him there but the k percentage is they're both around 26 walk percentage both seven um and the hard hit stuff too uh you know uh, barrels was 62 to india but um max ev is pretty close um so i don't know the first 
I just feel like if 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 you're gonna judge a guy off the first hundred plate appearances, remember what other guys did. Obviously, Jared Kelnick, you know, you think of him and he never got it right, but um the profiles were the same, like in the minors. Um, you know, good bat to ball type of guys, decent speed, decent power. And I think that the I don't think he'll end up with Jonathan India numbers that he did last year, but I think if he can hit his stride, he's going to do something close where he provides a good balance of uh, stats going forward. But um, I will tweet about this to have a, I have a bunch of snapshots of more stats that you kind of get to see the picture of how close they kind of are um, when you mm-hmm. comparing the two. But um, anybody else? Um, I actually wanted to bring up any Jose Miranda or Jaron Duran. Are you guys um, in in with those bids at all? Um, I was in on Miranda, not not Duran. Yeah, same um, with me. I didn't get Miranda, but I uh, did have him on the list. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah. I wanted Miranda bad the first time around. And <laughs> when he was available, I was, uh, he just, uh, he didn't make my highest uh, priority of the week. But I'm still a little tentative about the playing time, not about the skills. I think he had the skills and I think they're going to start the show. But, you know, I just don't know what the twins are really doing sometimes, you know? And like Nick Gordon is oddly hitting the ball really hard lately. And like he's got really good. Um, if if anyone wants to dive under the hood of Nick Gordon, he's got some really a lot of things, a lot of good things going on there. And it's just uh-huh. like he just needs the PT like and and he's he's battling an up. He's, he's hitting the ball with with launch he, and he's and he's fast. You know, he could be pretty good. uh like league changer if he gets that time, but it, um, I don't know if he's going to get it. I mean, this is the team that, that sits Luis Arias against lefties. The guy bats fucking 490. <laughs> Give him a break. He's like the modern day shoeless Joe. And they're like, nah, you got to sit versus lefties. Come on. Smarten up. All he does is hit singles. Yeah, he gets on base. He's a stud. He's a stud. Yeah, right, right. He should be playing every day. I, I don't even care. I don't even I haven't looked at his splits. I don't even care. Like if you hit 370, whatever the 360 <laughs> overall, you should be playing every day. The guy plays all across the field. It reminds me of the uh, Rob. It reminds me of the scene in Moneyball when they say they say, "What does he do?" and he points to Jonah Hill and he says, "He gets on base." He gets on. Base. What does he do? He gets on base. He gets yes. on base. That's it. Simple answer. And that, yeah. that's really that's really all you need. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Guys hit at every stop. 2019, right. 334, 2020, 321. Last year, 294. This year, 358. Um, doesn't strike out. Just I don't know. I right. just don't see the OBP career OBP of 386 in 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 1200 plate appearances. Um, I mean, do you not want a guy who gets on? I mean, oh, he's got no power, he got no speed, but I don't know. It's it just very strange to me. Crazy, um, crazy. <clears throat> yeah. One comment on on Miranda is, yeah. I know, I know, we I was texting you about this, Rob. Was uh, Alex Kirilov? Yes. Um, he's just breaking right now. Um, so is. if and I know Miranda's picked things up since his you know most recent recall, he's actually starting to hit the ball, but. Uh, Oskarilov um, hitting pretty, pretty good. Uh, more yeah. walks and strikeouts yeah. in the minors, 462 OBP, six homers. Um, so I would not be surprised to see him very soon. Exactly. Little, that just adds, worried. right? 
you know, I'm a little worried about the log jam that the twins might have with uh, Larnack, uh, Kirilov, uh, you know, Miranda. It seems like they have an extra couple of guys in there. Um, maybe it'll get sorted out with injuries or whatever, but uh, a little worried about how they're going to play that. Hopefully it won't be, well, let's split the playing time down the middle. Yeah, I, that's going to be the approach, but I, I don't like Larnack should not be messed with. He's hitting great. He's finding his groove. Um, Kirilov, I don't trust his hands. I just really don't. Uh, I, every time he gets going, he hurts his hand again or his wrist, whatever it is, but he continuously hurts it. It's at the point where, too, they, they said on record that at this point, there's nothing they could do surgically to get it better, and it not really better. So I don't know. Yeah. I just don't. Is it just going to get stronger? Is that what he needed to heal? Like, I don't know, but I don't know how you could heal and get stronger while you're constantly swinging a bat. So that, that, that's my thing with curl off. It's not about the skills. It's just about his, mm-hmm. his actual health is, you know, is, uh, I don't know, not a, not a big fan of it. You guys, but, re- um, you guys remember uh, Scott Kingery? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. called up today. Philadelphia. Oh, to the hold on, hold on. I got him add him to the watch list. Hold on. I'm going there now. Got King. He was hitting one, 185 in AAA. What a stud. Hit 181 in AAA last year. But he, he's got a big contract. Yeah. Under 600 OPS. Wow. Wow. If he stays this way, and he just retires or just who knows latches like would you be happy with your like career if he just grabbed a quick what was it like 24 mil and 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 just had a shitty career <laughs> like you still be you still be good right? 24 million dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think, I think you can handle all the time that people will say you're you're that guy right you're you know you're yeah. Scott Kingery, right? You're the guy they gave all that money to who never stepped foot in the major <laughs> league and with a dud. Yeah, like, yeah, that's all right, though. I live in the nice singleton. Yeah. 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 Better than some of the other guys that washed out with no money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So hit, hit us with the century bids, Todd. Who were the big okay. money guys this week? The century bids, they were. Obviously, there's less and less each week of guys that get at least one $100 bid. This was down to 12 this week from 15 last week. Edward Cabrera was 23 bids over 100, three over 200, and nobody else had more than one bid over $200. Um, so uh, the names were quickly Andres Jimenez, who was available in two leagues. I don't know why. Uh, Dylan Carlson was available in one league. Jace Peterson Went for two oh seven. Wow! I was uh, I was a lot a little questioning that one because I think his playing time is going to dry up a little. I know he's been hitting well, but two oh seven dry up like the Sahara. Well, okay, that's one way to put it. Um, <laughs> then somebody bid one fifty one for a roll. This Chapman, who at least there's a way that he could get value back. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not convinced that the Yankees give him zero save chances. Uh, the rest of the way. Uh, Sir Anthony Domingue got two uh, bids over 100. Taiwan Walker, uh, Joey Gallo. Wow, Joey Gallo with a $111 bid. I don't think he's worth that. Uh, Caleb Killian, who was sent down after he, he had a debut, but he might be back. Then our buddy Luis Garcia from Washington, 
Daniel Hudson as a spec closer and Brandon Crawford. So those are the guys that attract at least one bid over $100. Yeah, I would say my biggest wow out of this is definitely Chase Peterson. Um, go get that multi-eligibility, get a guy that you can plug in in your lineup. Um, you know, if you have right. that Monday, some guys out or whatever, but that's a lot of money. I mean, yeah, really. Luis Urias and Willie Damas are both back this week, so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Is that is that just like a simple like looking at the L14 and being like, oh, this guy's a stud. I'm picking him up. Yeah, I think so. You know? Maybe. Maybe. They didn't look into uh, his future playing time opportunity. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, Do really? you know who did that? Bat that out. Who's bat that out? Ooh. But I did update also, Rob, the uh, the amounts left on, the, on an average for the main event. And uh, I, I think it's time for main event owners to be more careful, for most main event owners anyway, that uh, have, have the average spending is up to 563 for the average team. Now, of course, there's a lot of variation around that, but that leaves people with like 430-something left. And uh, that's all through 10 fab periods. And there's like, you know, another, we're not at the halfway point yet. So uh, I think the bids are going to start to come down. And, you know, I think uh, the bids of like 40 bucks are going to win a lot of players going forward. Not You won't have to, except for the big name rookies and stuff. I don't think you're going to need to bid 80 or $90. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Last, last, Last year, the spending was a lot more during this week. It was actually um, the 38,000 total. Um, average per team was almost 30 bucks, and the average amount spent per team was 60. And so I did my, I did my little skip back. You know, I said, all right, who was bid on last year at this time, right? So yeah. you guys want to take a guess. Who was the most bid on player last year in the same week he is in the NL central and is on a team that is only playing two games Monday to Thursday this week. Cubs. Yeah. Name the player. Patrick wisdom. I don't Boom. Know. 42 Thanks. leagues, max two Oh five. Went for a median bid of 60 bucks. He was, he was popular. He was popular last week, last year. Um, yeah. You know yeah, what? He, He's been really sneakily good this year. You know, like I think out of all the things they had depth chart wise and all the guys mm -hmm. we were kind of concerned with, like who they mix, they match. I think he kind of took the PT that we thought Villar would get. Right. I mean, the guy plays every single day, Nick. I have him on two draft champions team where um, he was like my he was like the, ah, uh, man, you know what? I didn't get a third baseman, uh, a third, third baseman yet, or a second, you know? Uh, uh, let me just grab wisdom, you know? Like, thinking I can get power, and it's usually like I'm looking for some kind of power guys. But the guy hasn't had a day off since May 18th. And before that, paid eight straight games before that. So he's in there every day. Um, right. Dropping bombs. Um, and I just... And he, uh, hits, I just, he hits like, no, he's number five or something in the batting order. Yeah, right. So, cheers to Patrick Wisdom. Um, I think he 
you know, doing a lot better than um, everyone kind of thought that he would this year right. for sure. Um, right. Second was Taylor. Still, still striking out 36% uh, of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine though, man. Like he, someone has to drive in the runs on the team, you know, like just strike out yep. and, and, and drop bombs and that's it. And, and just pull, pull, hit the bombs too, you know? Pull hit bombs is what we love to see. 50% pull hitter. Bam. Mr. Wisdom. <laughs> love it. Love go. it. He there knows. He knows the quickest way to the ball to get out of the park is you pull it. Pull it in the air and it goes. You know, Sarah. Put, right put it right over the ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Smarten up. Smarten up. Smart but smart also up. last year, Taylor Tremel, 38 leagues. Edward Oliveira, 38. Uh, Caleb Smith, 30. Whew. Oh, was he about to close? I saw that name and I'm like, was he about to close for the Diamondbacks? No, Possibly. I don't think so. I no, think I don't think so. Starting just pitcher, same, yeah. Just the same old, just a, probably an, an expensive double start. Because uh, 79 max up, yeah. was a lot. Um, Maybe, yeah. Bobby Bradley, Jose Cisnero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jose Cisnero. That was a, that was a closer spec, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Got like four saves for the Tigers last year. There's Man. a valuable four saves, baby. Of course, Mike Masato spent 72 on him. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Um, but all right, yeah. So back to uh yeah, so a little different last year in the spending. But um, yeah, like you said, Todd, I think expect going forward start to trickle down a little bit, right? Week by week. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the overall spending, the week by week is varied, but it's about almost exactly the same uh, in total versus last year. So through 10 weeks, it's like 3% difference. So I think the pattern is going to hold for the most part. What do you guys got left in Fab? I got 656 and 713 left. Um, the 713 is the most in my league. The 656, I think, is third most left to spend. The guy in my league um, that I have the 713 in, he has $998 left. He's 10th in the league in the standings. He's made two moves all year, two $1 moves. He picked up Kevin Kiermaier for Justin Steele, and he picked up David Peralta for Kevin Biggio, and that's it. Wow. It's impressive that he's just – I mean, I looked at his team. He didn't have, like, IL guys. He didn't have guys that shouldn't be on teams. He just hasn't made – he hasn't tried to get better, I really? guess. But it's pretty – it's pretty crazy like when you just take a look and it's like, all right, he's got me two moves and he doesn't have hurt players. And he's, I mean, not like not in the top half of the league, but he's not dead last either. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny when you just take a look at that. The setting lineups for sure, you know, so just never, I guess he never sees a path to getting better. Yeah, my three leagues, uh, we get two, two low numbers, 394 and 225. And then uh, one pretty good 627. So gotta wow. be careful in the, in the two two lower leagues. Two, 220, 225. I mean, how did you get there, Todd? What's um uh that one I got George Kirby for one thing. Oh nice. So that was nice. But you're feeling good about that though, right now, right? I mean, you're I feeling have, good. I think he's gonna be valuable. I could be wrong, but I think he'll be helpful. That's that. That's about fifteen bucks a week that you got left to spend, right? That's it. That's all. Yeah, exactly. I spent eight in that league last week, so that's about all I got. So, I mean, are you? I guess, I, especially if you're the type to want to save X amount for the last month, right? So you really might even be less than that fifteen dollars a week. You're probably looking right. at like, I mean, right. if you want to right. save a hundred, 
like the last month, you really gotta like really, really clamp down. Eight, eight is yeah. probably right up the yeah, eight is probably great. Eight a week till then. Well, the the thing I gotta do, I don't know how you guys would play it, but is 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 make long waterfalls, you know, like I need an outfielder, try to get 10 guys on the list. They're not gonna be all great players, but so just so I get somebody, you know. Right, right. And and and, and don't even and and don't even waste your time on like the guys you know who won't yeah, go for yeah. you know like he's gonna like it's yeah. just gonna be a bunch of waterfall for cheap players but that's cool exactly. Ryan where are you at in your league? I have uh, seven fourteen left. Nice, wow. nice, great, um, great job. Most uh, expensive player Ryan Helsley sixty nine dollars. I've been pretty much been in single digits for a lot of these guys. Uh, Jerkson Profire for 48 is my second highest. Um, and I'm in, I've been in like the $11, nine, seven, six, five range for most of my guys. Nice. So I'm not getting like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm struggling in fab. Like I'm reading, I'm, I'm diving too far into Vlad's, uh, article with his suggested bid amounts and trying to like be be careful with some of them you know some of them I go over if I think but I'm still not getting guys so it's like I don't know I don't I don't think uh I don't know I've got some 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 helpful players though uh Santiago Espinel is one of them I picked him up the first week Mm-hmm. Danny mm-hmm. Jimenez I got for $22, um, which was like, I think the second lowest that someone got him for that week he was picked up. Um, I got Riley Green for nine bucks. I stashed him. Uh, right. about a month, so. That was actually one of the questions I had for your team once we were, yeah, like if you, if you drafted him or scooped them up. So that's a good, that's a good ad right there. Yeah. 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 But I'm missing have- out on that biggest like targets um, right right like and sometimes it's like you know a few bucks so it's it's been kind of frustrating sure. right but you've had some good pickups in espanol and um profar you know it's those guys helped out a lot um do you have any regrettable non-ads like is there a guy you wish you ponied up for a little bit to get yeah there's a couple um tyrone taylor a couple of weeks ago i was mm-hmm. a runner-up uh Bid 26, uh, Zach Waxman got him for 32. Um, I bid 90 for Nolan Gorman, but he went for 287 in my league. Um, Taylor Ward was somebody I wasn't close on. Uh, I think that was like week two or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, Brandon Drury is another one. He just, I know he homered again tonight. He's just multi-position, hitting second, hits lefties real well. Just a really solid line, scoring a lot of runs. Uh, Cincinnati so yeah man he went on a three-week stretch where he was just terrible where he's like all right it ran out and I actually dropped him in, in my OC um I didn't pick him up for a lot um I got him like for a decent price a week early I think and then his explosion bid week but um I dropped him you know because I I just I was just like streaming hitters I think they had a week with five games um, and he was just really ice cold. And I'm like, maybe this is the real Brandon Jury or someone in the middle. But then he got hot again, you know? So it's clearly wrong with that yeah. drop. Yeah. Have you had any regrettable yeah. drops, Ryan? 
I don't think so. Like all my drafts have been pretty marginal guys, um, like the Brad Millers, Ramon Urias types, uh, Chaz McCormick. So like nobody like really, you know, crazy. But if I, if I had to pick one, it would be Lou Trevino. So, um, he's pitching really well late as of late. So I dropped him two weeks ago. Um, you know, he, he was on the COVID list for a while and came back, uh, was giving up runs. But since then, he's been really damn good. And with right. Danny Jimenez struggling, I should have been on him this week. I know. I know. I, I, I put that in the notes and you showed me the tweet that you tweeted out about that. But, uh, you know, I saw that you were holding him on your team and you had him on the bench, Danny Jimenez. And I'm, I was wondering, like, you know, did you not start him because you don't think he's going to get saves right now? Or you just kind of like you had better, you know, starting options, but um, definitely. Yeah, I, had, I had seven strong starters Good. and I also had Ryan Helsley. Who I just feel a little bit more comfortable with right now than, than the way Jimenez is pitching. So, um, and I, and I do think it's possible like this week, you know, if there's save opportunities, Trevino gets them over Jimenez just, just with how bad Jimenez has been. So. I think this is the week. Yeah. Or I think it's coming soon. And you know what, like on top of the, of the skills, you know, like I, I, this is the last, um, last six games for each guy, right. Sweet Lou has got a 50 to zero K to walk and Danny Jimenez is 19 to 19. So 0% K minus BB, but just looked like not the same guy who started off a season, but in the team context, I was looking at it. All right. You know, they know they want to get the the that trade value back up, you know, to trade him. So maybe he came back from exactly. COVID. It's like, you know, put him in some low leverage roles. Let's get his groove back. Let's get the Jimenez value up too, right? So it's like almost like they're going to maybe even trade him as a package, you know, or trade him to two separate teams because now they can go back to like a Trevino full time. And then when it comes to trade him, you know, it's like we have this other guy that can close too on our team. Or, you know, like now they'll have like another team approaching like, well, we have another closer too that proved that he could close, you know, with maybe questionable skills. But I don't know. I was just trying to think about that too. It's like, you know, but then he came in in the fifth inning, Lou Trevino on Sunday or, or, or Saturday, and that kind of threw me off. But I wanted to, you know, I was looking at all the – the good things, you know? Yeah. I think he'll be back in leverage scenarios soon. And as you mean, he's getting expensive. He's got two more years of arbitration. He's already getting paid $3 million. So, you know, the cost conscious, uh, A's aren't, aren't, aren't going to want to pay him. So I, I would imagine they're going to try to trade on the summer. Um, and like you said, Jimenez too, um, you know, they were trying to build probably him up for, for trade value as well. But, you know, now that, it, now that he's struggling, maybe, Maybe they just hold on to him. I don't know. But this right. could be the week where we see Trevino step back into the, the leverage role. I hope so. I scooped them up this week, which we'll get to later in the ad drops. But, um, Todd, take us to the Coliseum, my man. Sure, the Todd, Coliseum. How good and bad are we four, doing? Yeah. The four biggest pickups from the previous three weeks ago, and uh, th- that was the week of George Kirby. Uh, so I gave him a win. I mean, you could argue a little bit. He's got a 4.5 ERA. The whip is pretty good at 123, but his Cato BB is 23 to 2. 
and he did get a win. So I think with his future possibilities, he's a, a win for this analysis. Then we have Alec Thomas, who a little disappointing, 194, four homers though. So I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I gave him a push, neither good nor bad. And then with the two pitchers, I gave losses to Chase Silseth, 784 ERA, zero wins. Rowan Wick and Ryan can disagree, but I don't think he's really uh, going to be a, a strong option for closing games. He had a 610 ERA over these three weeks and zero wins, one save. Um, so uh, that was, I think he, he got a save just before this three-week period started, and that's what got him added, but I don't really see it. So anyway, I think we're still ahead of last year, 36% um, thumbs up compared to 24% um, uh, all of last year. So that's better. Um, I don't know if it'll hold up, but so far, almost exactly one per period has been graded as a uh, win. So if we can keep that up, that'll be definitely better than last year. Yep, absolutely. Um, we need to keep it up. We need to step up our game. Um, but <laughs> yeah, to, what about some, I see you, um, you added some interesting single team drops. Um, and right. Yeah, good. Who are those players? So I, yeah, I can read them quickly, but I just tried to look at the players dropped by one team in the main event. Um, that I thought were interesting, unusual. There might be reasons for each one, but Dylan Carlson, yeah, he's been injured, but I still think he has potential. Cole Calhoun, who was hitting very well. I mean, I didn't seem like he warranted a drop. Um, Nate Lowe, he's been productive over the period. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, who was just in the midst of being added, everywhere was dropped. Uh, Keegan Thompson, J.P. Crawford, Yuli Gurriel, um, Brady Singer has been very good, I think, but wow. he, he was dropped. Trevor Larnick, who is hitting, as Rob, as you mentioned very well. Danny Jimenez has struggled, but I'm not convinced he's he's completely out of it in terms of getting saves. Taiwan Walker, Austin Meadows, yeah, he's been hurt. And Jose Miranda, who just, just has been through a really hot stretch. So those are the ones that jumped out at me. So I, I just urge everybody to check their leagues wire and they might try to bid on one or more of these players if they're in their particular league. Yeah, I de definitely. It's, it's always interesting to, you know, take a look through the player drops. You know, I like looking at the single drops. I like looking at, you know, the cluster between like seven and 10 teams who drop the player. And um, obviously, when a guy dropped unanimously, you know, um, something either injury or just he's bad. Um, but sometimes in the middle ground, you find maybe some tougher decisions teams had to make. Right. Um, sure, sure. Like we were just talking about Kirilov and he was dropped in three leagues, you know. So, like, obviously, if if it's a league that, you know, you're really a Kirilov fan, you know, that's 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 going to be a big bid next week, you know. Um I always find that that range of like the three, like even Kyle Bradish, you know, uh, Bradish, he got a two-start week um, and he was pretty popular, right? As a pickup um, last week or was it this week? Last um, week, I think. Yeah, but he's got a two-start this week, right? 
he, I thought it was, you know, he's pitching tonight. So I think, yeah. Yeah. And he was dropped in five weeks. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, seems like some teams finally cut bait with Jesus Lazardo, five leagues. I mean, he hasn't, hasn't thrown yet. Um, you guys concerned at this point, if you have Jesus Lazardo, like uh, you think he's going to make it back by even maybe after the all-star break August. I mean, it's, it's getting close to where he, it might be more serious than I think everyone thinks. Right, right. Um, I don't think it's – I mean, there's potential there, but I don't think it's worth holding a bench spot for him right now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that's a very fair fair point for sure. Um, yeah. All right, any other drop? Brady, guys, the Brady uh, Singer drop was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder, that's... I wonder how much he's going to go for in that league because, I mean – Three percent walk rate, uh, almost sixty percent ground ball raise. It's a stud. You would think that know. he'd be attractive. Yeah, I don't. Hopefully, that guy's pitching staff is really solid. That's what it have to be. It have to be like a tough, a really tough cut. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but uh, maybe it was his next two starts being Toronto and at San Francisco or something. But he gets Oakland yeah, after that, so maybe that's true. That's true, but. Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like for me, arms are arms are huge right now. I want if there's a decent arm, and you think he's a little more than decent. I'm 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 keeping him. I mean, I'm adding IL guys like Stephen Max, who I think are just good rest of season pitchers that you won't be able to find at the end of the year or as the year progresses. Right? You know, it just gets harder to find these pitchers throughout the year let me ask you guys real quick one guy i've been struggling like with like figuring out what i want to do with him and and i've held him and i, I don't think i'm going to drop him but he's been on my maybe drop list for a couple of weeks is uh reed detmers mm, are you guys yeah. dropping him keeping him like i haven't started i don't think i've i think i started him once for his two yeah, stuff i finally did drop him uh yeah he was in the league i had with james and we've we've we didn't want to drop him for nobody, but when we, if, I forget who we added, but it had to be for a pitcher that we really, I might've been stripling actually, Ryan. So okay. I think, um, I think we, we waited until we had a better ad that we really liked better, but yeah, he, he's not getting the strikeouts, which I think is, uh, I well, he's not he going was, deep in games either. Only, yeah. Only four games, five plus innings. He had, he had yeah. No hitter. Yeah, if he was doing one of the two, I think I'd be more optimistic. But it just doesn't seem like he's right getting the swings and misses that I thought he would get. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I haven't dropped him yet, but, but I haven't started him either. So, mm-hmm. right now he's just kind of like depth. But, yeah, that's dropping him for stripling is, is interesting because, you know, kind of similar. Yeah, I know. Four, five, six inning guys maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe the Toronto team contacts a little better. Right. Roll a little bit more secure now with were you injured? Maybe, yeah. Uh, 62 innings at in the minors and 65 in the majors. So I don't know. I mean, if I don't think it's an alarm if the swing and miss isn't there right now. I mean, if it was there briefly in the minors, I don't think it just completely goes away. But I mean, he still really hasn't thrown a lot of professional innings. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, with his. I don't know. I think he came out of a good college, kind of ready to pitch, right? So um, we're kind of expecting him to 
be right in there. Um, I don't know. It, it's I mean, he's, he's a whip asset. He's had a whip of one. A whip asset, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's decent in the zone, zone contact, 82%. Uh, right. Just not getting anyone fooled on the O swing, 23%. It's way below yeah. the average. Yeah, he, First strike is pretty solid, 62%. Um, so, I don't know. I think I think once he gets the attack, once he gets the pitch mix, then maybe maybe Joe Madden was just not, you know. <laughs> he's gone. You guys happy about that? I know. I know. Madden's gone. But the thing is, he would always have in the second or third inning, Rob, he'd always have like a 25-pitch inning, you know, where he'd be just, you know, couldn't get the guy to swing and miss or even put the ball on weekly in play. And yeah. that would just chew up the amount of time that he could be on the mound, right. you know, and then he'd be like the fourth inning, he'd have 63 pitches and, you know, and then one little thing goes wrong and he's out of the game. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, I, I was just not, not uh, optimistic about it. By the way, Brady Singer was dropped for Tony Santillan. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, but whatever. Not a big fan of that, right? No. Long shot hero, 23. That's the team name. I don't know who you are, long shot hero, but I like the 23 at the end. That's my favorite number. I think we know why. We'll make that a drop Santian for Singer next week. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and so this guy on the bench has – Interesting. So we said, all right, maybe he's got a lights out stash, uh, staff. Let's check out his staff. This is what we could do on the NFPC. It's all available. Sure. Drew Rasmussen, Michael Kopech, Kyle Gibson, Kyle Bradish, Connor Pilkington, George Kirby, Josh Hader, Ryan Helsley, Donnie Santillan. And on the bench, he's got Pagan, Tanner Scott, Freddie Peralta, and Jacob DeGrom. So, wow, that is a young staff. I don't think he's set <laughs> in pitching because. I'm really not thrilled with like Gibson, Bradish, Pilkington. Yeah. Yeah. Bradish, Pilkington. All rookies. Yeah. And even Kopech is young, you know, like an early like starter. And Drew Rasmussen hasn't started much in his life. So interesting, interesting staff right here. I think, uh, I think also holding on to Freddie Peralta is just a a waste of time as well. But, um, right. Right. Long shot here. If you're listening, we, we, we're, we're not hating on you. We're just talking about your team. It's different. It's a difference. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, where are we? Uh, quick. I don't know if you want me to go through the leaders. I, we can just skip that, but I did cover the leaders in overall. Uh, Mark Bendar is number one. And mm-hmm. we have uh, Scott Genstad, famous uh, podcaster, third. Chris Fessler. Happy birthday, Scott Jenstad. Happy birthday, oh, Strike. Birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy Scott. birthday, Maddie Wood. Shout out. Oh, oh nice, nice. Birthdays all around, huh? Man, how do you know oh, all this really, stuff? Really? How do you do know? You this? Have, do you have a calendar of fantasy content analyst birthdays? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's good, dude. It's Damn a it. database. I got to say, the guy in second overall, Bob. Yeah, happy birthday, Scott. Happy birthday, Maddie Wood. Um, but this guy who's in second, Bab Katarumpas, he's in my league. And uh, he's been pretty solid the whole whole It's a really, really strong team. Um, is look is at, that the team that's second overall? Is, is yeah, in your league? Yep, yep wow. in my league. Yep, yep, yep. He's uh, okay. It's been really solid right from the start of the season. Uh, and a good yep. team, good, strong team. So nervous yeah, we about also, that one. We also have Ned Donahue, Tyler Young, Rob Silver in the top 20. Douglas Gruber, who's a great player, 
Uh, He's in there a couple times, right? Six and 13. Yeah, Doug. No, Gruber is uh, great. We had Chris Vaccaro, who's, uh, he, he told me he's a football expert, but now he's uh, doing well in baseball. Yes, he is. And then, and then we got the uh, Robert Mershak, Ian Kahn duo uh, that's doing really well uh, in the main event. John Posma, no surprise, is 18th. Mark Srebro, 19th. Very good, mm. Mark. Mark. And, uh, Mark wouldn't know that. And he doesn't, he, he, he wouldn't know that because he doesn't listen. He don't look at the standings and he won't know it from listening to the podcast because he shuts it off after 45, where are 50 we at? Minutes. 62 minutes. Oh, we're yeah, past, so yeah, we're so past we're 60 minutes. We're two Mark, hours. Mark. You, you got to do what, uh, what Rob Silver suggested and just read the standings at the, during the podcast. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we should have started off with it. I guess you guys were right. And um, then Roto Gut is uh, Vlad Sedler. Roto Gut. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, you you mentioned I uh, you mentioned Gruber with two teams. Uh, Posma got him coming on the pod next week. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk to the new Hall of Famer and Dog Day. Um, when I started my podcast, they came on just as a duo. Uh, so I wanted to re bring that back in. So pretty excited to uh, get to talk to them and um, talk about the success that they're having so far this year for sure. And um, also shout out to Rob Kramutola who's uh, mm-hmm. also known as Bobby Big Bucks on Twitter. Um, he's just a star. I mean, he seems like he's always flashing winning things, you know, either DFS or like a prop bet, like three guys will hit a homer in one game from this one team and he hits it. And just like, oh, my God, he just seems like he's good at every facet of uh, uh, of the hobby. You know, it's pretty um, it's pretty awesome. And he just got he's got a ton of teams. Um, I have to get him on the podcast. Sometimes too, because I want to ask him how he sets a hundred team lineups. You know, um, I think he told me that he starts at like four o'clock in the morning. So, um, but I would, you know, I have to. um, I I have him. I have discussed with him coming on the pod. So we're gonna have to make that work sometime soon because I think that'll be cool to hear. But um, yeah, just want to shout him out because it seems like he's always doing something good Um, (laughs) in in. in prop betting or, or, or fantasy. And he's got a bunch of strong teams. Um, I think he's kind of one of the only guys that got top, like top hundred teams in, in like online championship, draft championship, uh, main events. Um, so he's pretty good, pretty good in all formats as well. Yep. So that's, that's my update for the week. I don't think there's anything else to really point out. All right. Um, you guys want to go through a quick who you who you guys added and dropped this week? Um, you don't have to, you know, talk about your your teams if you don't want to, but just wanted to. I wanted to hear myself. Add one ad. One ad. Luis Guillorme. Ooh. Harold Ramirez. Wow. Met. Yeah, baby, Guillorme. Got a love great Guillaume. week. Great week the previous week for sure. He might yeah, be and prior to of... yesterday. Started eight of the last nine games. Yeah. Obviously set yesterday, but um, yeah, it was just hitting the ball like crazy. So he he yeah. is one of the better all around players around. Like not a superstar at any cost, but he does everything well, and you could tell everyone loves him. Um, love is watching this him. like the Jeff McNeil breakout from a couple of years ago where he was just like 300 hitter easy a little bit of power is it is it like mcneil same thing I lo- yep yep i love it i love Guillaume. and you know what he is the only shortstop 
backup for Lindor, you know. So you let the Lindor really take the game off. But if something were to happen to him, he would be he would be the fill guy for sure. Is he going to open the hotel doors for Lindor? <laughs> <laughs> yes, someone's got to do that, right? Someone uh, should do that anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know how uh, can, people I, say I like, you. you know, people say like, oh. You know, why would you carry your own bag if you're a middle or, or why would you drive or why would you do this? Like, why would you open up a door, Francisco Lindor? Have someone open up a door for you. You're crazy. <laughs> you're a millionaire. Yeah, really. Uh, it's like uh, it's like they, more careful, people have this thing where it's like you just because you're a millionaire, you, you don't want to do anything. Like you don't want to like you know expend any energy. Like, come on, give me a break. Yeah. Smart enough. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I can tell you who I added in the mains yes. of who uh, you got. Uh, so team one added Sir Anthony Domingue, dropped Libertor. I don't know if you want to know the drops. Uh, added yeah, Stripling, yeah. Added Stripling, dropped Detmers. Added Luis Garcia, dropped Edwin Rios. Added Ezekiel Duran, dropped Candelario. Oh, Candelario, uh, man. What happened yeah, to him? I don't know. I mean, he's hitting Fuck. way, way down. I, I He's playing every day, so I... Kept thinking he was going to turn it around. But. Me too. Me too. And he's always had that, like, where, like, you know, where it's like ready to go into his groove with those the metrics are like right there, but some things yeah. pop, you know. And that's, you know, I don't know. He was, I love them in draft champion season. I, I just thought he was going to take a next, you know, not a huge next level, but the power, uh, you know, the underlying power data was there for him to take that next sure. step, but he hasn't done anything with it, like you said. Nothing. Uh, team two, uh, added Stripling, dropped Detmers, added Almora, dropped Naquin, uh, added Montero because we have Presley, dropped Libertor. Um, and then on the third team, only add was Almora, dropped Daza. Really? On the Almora train this week, huh, Todd? You want to... Yeah, Almora. I was hoping fill me in on get... the, uh, Fill me in on the Almora love. I think he's going to be playing regularly. He had a really good week last week, and uh, that's a great ballpark to be hitting in. So I was hoping uh, hoping to strike gold there. Right, right, yeah. Um, I guess because what's his name returns? I know he's rehabbing now. Um, Jonathan India. He'll go back to second, India. but that'll keep Brandon Drury a third. Um, yeah. And I guess the only other guy injury-wise we have to watch out for is Jake Fraley, right? And, um, well, Naquin. But I think Naquin was out for, like, a little longer than expected. So, yeah, I interesting. Yeah, he's going to be out in a while. Interesting, interesting. Interesting, Albert Alvora. Hmm. Okay. All right, Todd, I want to circle back on that. I want to I want to see him in the okay. Coliseum in four weeks. <laughs> Can you see it? If he's hitting 072, I won't be too proud of it. <laughs> uh, it might happen. Um, but that's that's what happened when we had these like these fringy top guys going back to the word yeah, fringy. Sure. But um sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um can I ask you why the drop on Liberatory? Did you just not see him taking that next step yeah. forward? Yeah. Yeah. Too was, much of like an ordinary to, package. They, he he sent he got sent down I believe but anyway uh, yeah I didn't see that he was making any steps uh, to to uh, improve I mean I thought he'd be actually better missing bats than he was 
And, uh, you know, he's pitching in front of a team with a good defense, but still he wasn't really getting long into games. So I felt like that was kind of a mistake. I didn't spend a lot of money to add him, but I felt like I wanted to be out of the Libertor business. Got it. Makes sense. How much did you pick him up for? Not a lot, right? I think you mentioned maybe like 40. Was it like in that range? 30. It was in the 30 area. Yeah, something like that. All right, but well, not too bad. Not too bad of a loss. Yeah. Not like a hundred fifty dollar ad, no, and then you no, have to drop. No, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good. Um, I added Ross Triplin, dropped Dylan Bundy, um, for seventeen bucks. I uh, dropped Sulcer, scooped up Nicola Dolo for eleven bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, dropped Marco Gonzalez and scooped up Lou Trevino for six bucks. Unopposed and unopposed Lou. In the other league, I got. Tied for Lou, Sweet Lou, Vino, Drop Bundy, but six bucks, six bucks tied. So wow. I won him. Yep. And I uh, dropped Brian Anderson, pick up Jack Sawinski for three bucks unopposed. Um, yeah. I don't know. Kind of like his profile. The average mm-hmm. isn't pretty, but um, I love the power speed. I think he's got sneaky speed. He's been slowly, I mean, he's been playing every day, but now he's slowly creeping into uh, higher in the order. Um, finds himself batting third. Um, and I like it. Uh, I see the youth movement here. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. He called up Swaggerty, uh, today, um, and yesterday and he's starting. So that's, you know, that's awesome to see, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Jack Sawinski giving me, you know, like a, Maybe like a 20 homer bat, but more steals than um, maybe we're anticipating. And uh, I think I can find a place for that on my team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's, that's it for uh, my ads and jobs for the week. So, um, yeah. Ryan, um, just ask a couple of quick questions about your team. Um, you've obviously told us uh, that you have a question about Riley Green, but obviously you um, you scooped him up in Fab, like you mentioned. You have Shane Baz on your team. Tell me what you're expecting from him going forward. Give me a comp to a pitcher. Like, if he performs like this range of guy, I'll be happy. What do you, what do you need from him? Well, obviously not, not too much because your, your, your pitching is doing fantastic. Like you said, 60, over 60 pitching points. Um, but what do you think Baz has for us to rest of the I'm kind of mad I don't have him anywhere, to be honest. Just 150 league, but that doesn't really count that much. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, I mean, I would love to get, you know, as many innings as possible from him. So, I mean, if I can get 100 innings the rest of the season, I don't know if he's going to do that. But um, last rehab start, he went four and a third, struck out 10, looked really mm-hmm. good. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, this was my one stash drafted him in round nineteen. Um, so happy he's on his way back. Looks like he's going to be back this weekend uh, against Minnesota. So um, have him in the starting lineup. Hopefully he goes five first outing, but I won't be surprised if he doesn't. Um, but uh, yeah, just a lot of strikeouts. He was really impressive last year when he he debuted. He was um, so I'm hoping he kind of. Uh, in terms of pitching, my, my pitching staff's already strong, uh, but it, it can improve. Uh, right. I think I think overall, I think I'm in like the top 50-ish, top 60-ish in terms of pitching points uh, in the overall. So, um, 
so yeah, there's room for growth there. And I'm hoping he kind of puts me over the edge, you know, and helps, helps me gain some additional pitching points. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I mean, I don't know. I love the talent. I think he's going to be special. I'm kind of a little questioning the rest of the season steamer and bat with K nine around nine. Um, I think that's a little low to be honest, but um, that K percentage is over 30 in the last two years. But I mean, <laughs> they do a protection system and not, not I, so I'll probably be wrong, but I think that that'll be a little higher, but they're projecting 60 innings, 3.6 ish ERA. Um, that's pretty solid. Would you take that going forward? Let's say what? 11 oh, starts, sure, yeah. 11 starts, 60 innings. You take that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. See, sure. you're not greedy. I like it. Ryan. Yeah. That's what I like. You're <laughs> right on point with that. You're not a greedy guy. Um, and what about Riley Green? What do you think he's going to do going forward? I mean, I really love his skill set. I know you also have Grossman on the team, so they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, are you still confident in Grossman? That's why you're keeping, you're keeping him on your team? Yeah, I think uh, – I know he was dropped in six main event leagues last week. Um, he was on my maybe drop list. Um, mm. And we talked about our fat process earlier, but still walks at a good clip, um, hits lefties really well. Uh, started a rehab assignment today. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I would like to see him back and see what he can do. He's, he's also a free agent after this season, so he could be on the move and maybe like a fresh start somewhere will, you know, help revitalize his season. But um, I do like that he leads off for, for Detroit when he plays and, um, you know, Dallas Cameron isn't really – a big leaguer in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, with green, it's, you know, it, it does may go hand in hand with, you know, a potential green promotion in the future. You know, does Grossman lose playing time because of that? Do they trade them? You know, when they call up green, you know, do, you know, what do they do with some of these guys? So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm still relatively optimistic about Grossman. He's just been dreadful. So yeah. Hopefully this time on the IL just kind of helps him reset and, you know, we can pitch in, you know, 10 home runs, five steals, something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, what's funny about Grossman yeah. is like last year uh, during draft season for 2021, I think um, I had six draft champion teams and he was on four of them or five of them. And, and then I, on a couple of my fab teams and this year I didn't draft him at all. Like not one bit. Um, I don't know. It's like, and it was no specific like hard reason for it. Um, except for like, sometimes they get like a gut feeling of like, you know, how can, you know, how, how, what's the chance of this, you know, not fringy skill player, but this breakout player at this age can just do it again for me. And I just had this thing in my head about it. Like, it just didn't feel like a, a thing that was going to be successful. So I think he was kind of going a little too high for, you know, where I was go- wanted to uh, attack my outfield in the offseason. But it's just just an interesting thing. I, was, I had so much Grossman last year. I was constantly rooting for his his stolen bases. And, you know, every time he got one, I was like, boom, you know, here's another one. And um, <laughs> it's just – Yeah, uh, I, think, I think expecting 2020 out of him was – was the mis- like nobody should have expected that like 
but yeah. scoring a ton of runs, hitting atop the lineup, 15 yep. homers, 10 steals, maybe like, I, yeah. I felt like that was, you know, within the range of possibilities and um, yeah, it's, you know, cause yeah, 2021 looks like kind of an outlier. If you look at his stats, I mean, it's just a glaring outlier. I mean, he hadn't, he only hit over nine home runs once prior to that back in 2016. So yeah. Um, Crazy is home but he can sure draw a walk for those OBP. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah, still, still, even though he's batting one ninety nine, three eleven OBP, um, but zero percent home run to fly ball percentage last year was twelve. This year he has zero percent. Um, pretty fascinating. You don't see that too often, um, especially still hitting. Yeah, 40. another reason I, I've I've held on is is my last two outfield spots kind of suck. Um, and partly because of him. Uh, but right now I've got AJ Pollock and Lane Thomas starting uh, my last two outfield spots. And they just, you know, those are rotational guys. Pollock disappointing as well. Dylan Carlson's been disappointing. So I'm just looking for like some sort of upside, um, you know, with those last two spots. So hopefully Grossman can wake up a little bit when he comes back. Mm-hmm. I know. And now Pollock is on this. I don't know. He was like, I think on one of my lineup pods, I was like noting how he had good runs of like five, six, maybe sometimes seven straight games. And like he he was almost becoming, you know, uh, safer when the weeks break up and like more of a confident play that he'll play more of the games. And then um, he played from the 24th to the 28th, played four straight games, had a day off. Then he was ill without. And he came back and let off versus a lefty. And he sat versus a righty and let off versus a lefty, sat versus a righty. Then he batted seventh on Sunday versus a lefty. And he's out against a righty today. And I'm like, is this? Yeah, is this, that's, that's is no this, good. I mean, why? I mean, you you have Danny Mendick and fucking Josh Harrison clogging up a lineup. Like, why take AJ Pollock yeah. out? Unless he's hurt and he can't accommodate every day, but no. you don't go back to platooning AJ Pollock. Like, you need his bat in a lineup. So, must be something going on with that that we don't know about because I, I mean, I don't have him on many teams. I think maybe 150 and one DC, but I would, I would hate that, like, lose a debt outfielder because they want to platoon him, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's two games under 500. I mean, third place and then AL Central. So, I mean, why? I don't know. That's that's yeah. puzzling to me. I, Anyone who has Eloy, you're not going to get much when he comes back. Yeah, I think it's going to take longer from him. And I just think it's like, I don't know. He didn't do much when he came back last year from his injury. Tough team. Tough yes, team. Tough, tough, tough to see what they're going to do if they really kind of fall out of it. You know, I, I don't think they'll like, can't really do much to, you know, I don't know to like start reshaping for next year, but they just, I guess I used to really like be like an automatic sit for a starter if they were facing the White Sox. And now it's just not, not that case anymore. You know, I think that's another thing sometimes too, when you're popping in lineups and you're just taking a quick scroll and you see, you know, at Dodgers, you know, in Colorado, you know, okay, these are things you gotta be careful of, uh, or maybe even if they're playing the Mets because they're studs, but, um, it used to be that, that for the White Sox, you know, and obviously they don't have Anderson and Eloy, but they really, they're not big threats right now at all. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know, that was a rant on uh, the White Sox for no reason, but 
Um, one more question for you, um, uh, Ryan, before I turn it over to Todd for some questions. But at this point of the season, it's like, what is your main focus um, for you in, in VAB? Like, uh, you know, streaming, um, are you looking at categories yet? Um, like, w- what is your yes. prioritized? Okay. Yeah, you're looking at categories. Yeah, so my, trying- my priority is home runs and RBIs. Um, 400-something in the home run category overall and late 400s and RBIs. So I'm really struggling there, those two categories. And part of that was I just I had an awful week seven for my offense. My team hit 200 with only 20 runs scored, 17 RBIs, five homers, and one steal. So it was like just the worst wow. week from my offense. It was so bad. Um, and my bats finally woke up last week. I had 18 homers and 56 RBIs, but, but most weeks I'm tracking behind in those categories. So I'm always looking for power RBIs. Um, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want it to get to a point where it's just, there's, there's no chance I can catch up in those categories at all. So right. um, part of, part of the problem, part of the reason I'm struggling in those categories is because, um, you know, Josh Bell only has five home runs. I expected him to be, you know, 20 plus. Uh, same with Justin Turner, only four homers. Real mm-hmm. Muto, only three. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that some of those guys will will start, you know, hitting for more power as the season goes on. Um, right. That's one of the main reasons uh, I'm so behind, is especially in home runs, is that those three guys in particular, you know, top 10, top 10 picks are, are not producing. Mm-hmm. Right. At least in terms of power. I mean, they're, they're helping in other categories. I mean, but you know. yeah, I mean, and right now I'm looking at your standing and, you know, you're like 10 homers away from gaining like four points. So, I mean, it might seem a lot, but you know, that can change relatively quick, a couple of hot weeks for sure, you know, but um, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely good to try to at least incorporate a little bit of that consciousness into when you're bidding on players or even when you're doing your start sit, right. Maybe you got like a, close two guys and the tiebreak um, is I need power, you know, so you, you might go with the better matchups, the power that, uh, yeah. Cause your, your league is really pitching heavy um, at the top, like just four guys with 60 points. And then it's just a big dip. Um, it's like pretty much four team dominating pitching category, but the hitting is more balanced throughout. Um, so mm-hmm. you might be able to make more movement like that. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Um, you know, Luis Guillorme isn't going to be one helping me there, but <laughs> I'm always on the lookout. And that's, that's, why I, that's why I'm looking at, like, you know, my my regrettable non-ads we talked about. You know, Tyrone Taylor could be a 20-plus homer guy. Nolan Gorman, Taylor Ward, Drury, you know, all these guys that are, are, are hitting for power. Those right. are my regrettable non-ads. There, there might far. be other guys that you can get later, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know which yeah. team name I like more in your league: Monkey Muscles or Don Mattingly Sideburns. <laughs> Close though, but I'm probably gonna go Monkey Muscles. That's... Monkey Muscles. Oh, I see yeah. you have uh, Larry Schechter in your league. I know he's been going through some health problems. Uh, so yeah. shout out to Larry. Hope he hope he's uh, on the Feel right better, track. Larry. Yeah, hundred percent. Feel better, Larry. We're all rooting for you. Um. All right, Todd. Um, go ahead, lay it on, Ryan. I was just uh, I was just going to ask uh, Ryan about the St. Louis bullpen. We haven't really Ooh, covered that. Yes, recently. yes, yes. Um, 
So it seems like to me, Ryan, that um, that Helsley is slightly the upper hand, but it's still a split. It's not, uh, you know, that one guy is really the the, the main target for saves. That um, you know, given the situation, one guy could come in the sixth inning or something. Do you get any different read out of it, or do you think it's going to be just hey, 50-50 split uh, most of the rest of the way unless somebody gets hurt or really blows up or something like that? Yeah, this one's really, really tough. Um, I think it may be trending in Helsley's favor. Um, so if you look at last month, Gallegos had four saves in May. Helsley had three. Um, but if you look at Gallegos' his last six appearances, right, entered the sixth inning once. Um, it was a really high leverage spot. They were up two to one. There was a runner on second. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, it was a high leverage scenario. Um, he's entered the eighth inning three times. Um, one of those appearances, he stayed on for the ninth and closed it out. And then, um, the ninth inning twice. So past six appearances have been kind of, you know, all over the place in terms of, right. you know, where he's coming in. But, um, if you look at Gallegos season last, last month, 231 ERA, 094 whip, 18 to 2K to walk in 11 and two thirds. Um, so last month was a, still a great month for Gallegos. Uh, his K mm-hmm. rate's up at 33%. Mm-hmm. Uh, has 6% walk rate, which is down nearly the lowest of his career. And uh, 14 of his 20 appearances have come in the ninth inning or later. So it's really just recently where he's starting to pitch a little bit earlier in games. So. Right. That's where we, we, we may see the shift towards Helsley getting more save opportunities than Gallegos. Um, if you look at Helsley's past seven appearances, he entered the sixth inning once, the eighth inning once, and the ninth inning five times. Yeah. Um, two saves in that span. Um, he has yet to pitch in a game with the Cardinals trailing the season. Um, third among relievers with a 38 or 33.8 K minus walk percentage. Um, he had been leading that category for much of the season. The thing with him is his ability to pitch two plus innings, I think makes him more of a threat kind of in the sixth, seventh. Right. I agree. And, you know, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I really think this is kind of like an even split right now. It's tough yeah. to say like, um, you know, who has the upper hand. It, it seems to be trending in Helsley's favor, but I still think Gallegos is, is right there. He's just he's just too good to not yeah. use him. You so know. Both, could, both could be valuable in the main event. You know, if you're getting half the saves about, you could you could roster and start both of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one thing, one odd thing with Gallegos, he's just been bad at home, 559 ERA at home. I don't, I don't know, it was just something random I saw, but... Huh. I'm, I'm not worried about Gallegos. I still think he's going to get save opportunities. You know, Helsley will mix in more just because he's been so good this year. But um, I think he finally gave up a earned run, you know, recently, his first earned run of the year recently. So I don't know. He's been, he's been like I said, he was my, my um, the player I spent the most on in FAB uh, so far this year. So. Yeah, he's certainly helpful in 15-teamers. Even I think I even have him in a few 12s as well. So uh, just to kind of mix in when I don't like my starters matchup. So, um, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's a really tough one. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it seems to be shifting in that Hel- in Helsley's direction, but I'm okay. not out on Gallegos at all. I, I wouldn't be dropping Gallegos. 
I'm, man, I have this. I think I did 54 for Helsley. I'm probably the same. We got him for 69. And I, you know, I was, I liked it. I, I, I was confident that, um, you know, that he would at least get half the, half the role. And while I like the trends in, that you noticed about when he was entering the game versus when Gallegos, and I do agree that Gallegos is like, uh, I think they both have the ability to maybe run multiple innings, but I don't know. He, he was, he's starting to be on my watch list of, 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 of guys. He just doesn't end like, I don't know. I don't know if else is going to be the closer. I'm kind of worried about his, his, his performance a little bit too. Like, Last couple of weeks, the K percentage took a huge dip. Um, I don't know. Yep. Z contact has gone up. Um, and I don't know. K percentage is, has gone down dramatically and kind of to where like he was historically. Um, let's see, last 30 days, 23% K rate. That's uh, what he did last year, you know? Um, uh, zone contact in the last 30 days, 90%. Um, so what he did last year at 85 last year. So, uh, but if you look at the overall season numbers, now you see the 40% K rate, you see his own contact at 80%. So I don't know. Um, just may have to really start paying more attention, uh, at the last couple of, um, appearances last, you know, couple of weeks, last month, because he might. Yeah, again, this is one of those things where we get in our head like he had this magical run. He was unhittable, throwing 103. But maybe there's changes going, you know, back to more closer to historical results uh, and not like yeah, that I'm first. looking at his last appearance on June 4th. Um, average fastball velocity was 97.8, which was down a little over a mile per hour. Um, and he threw 24 fastballs that game so yeah he's just like yeah like he he just made my where i was i hadn't thought about the possible drop for him yet he made my list this week of of if i had to you know make a drop he would he was because i don't know any he doesn't really pitch enough or or often enough to to like um, just be in line for, I guess, a lot of even leverage wins. Um, you know, he's not like pitching as much as Michael King, let's say, you know, like, and I don't know. I don't know. I just, if he yeah, gets he the appears role- to be not. Yeah, exactly. That, that Michael King comparison was, was pretty good because uh, yeah, he's pitching more than, than Helsley is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just a little worried. I'm just, my eye is on him. Um, I'm paying attention because, I don't know. He might not be the, the solution. I think that we were all locked in to be like it, it could. And obviously it could just be a run of whatever, you know, two or three weeks that, but it could be something. It could be, like I said, a lot of the numbers are trending back to what he did historically. So, um, but we'll, yeah, we'll keep... I'd still hold him just on based on the recent usage yep. of yep. him just pitching the ninth so much, but yeah, that's a good point. Like he is, is regressing obviously nobody's gonna you know unless you're josh hater like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean look at last year 456 era 142 whip like yep that was not good like 
27 yep. walks last year and 47 in the third inning. So, so yeah, if the walks start creeping back up, then, then yeah. I know. And then that's what, that's what's happening uh, last couple of weeks, maybe even more, but um, I don't know. Everything changes kind of when you look at the rolling graphs on fan graphs, like sometimes just, you could really just see more of like, you know, obviously, especially if you like to learn visually, um, you know, uh, at that, I think that's why it's so effective. Cause you're like, Oh shit, he hasn't been this good recently, you know, uh, you know, it'll make you pick up on that. And I think, you know, obviously for like, for, for like a reliever, I put it on like a smaller amount of game. So I'm like capturing, you know, like maybe their usage for like a week, a uh, week and a half, I usually put like, you know, three games or something for a reliever um, as opposed to like a batter where you want to see like more than that, you know, obviously. Um, but two questions to finish off this pod. That's it. Who should sign Trevor Rosenthal? Number one. And number two, do you have any interest if Jose LeClerc comes back and starts pitching for the Texas Rangers? Uh St. Louis would be a good fit for. Oh, fuck. There for Here we go. Out of his career, <laughs> he's um, gonna he's gonna go to really... KC and, and and just be a setup guy, and everyone's gonna spend like I just feel like yeah, the yeah. worst possible outcome is coming for us for Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah, the the like Guardians or something like random. Yeah, yeah, he'll go to a team where he'll be like a setup guy, or he'll go to a team where it's like a committee, you know, where it's just like, ah, oh, come on. But um, he did seem to have a good outing today they said that he walked off quickly after his last pitch some people said it was just a cramp but um i expect uh, yeah. a lot of teams to be knocking on his doorstep either way yeah 14 teams attended his showcase in miami um i could see st louis being one of those teams just because you know they're familiar with them um yeah and they want to win a world series yeah yeah exactly um right. boston is another team I could see being in on Rosenthal. That um, makes sense. Maybe the right? Mets, maybe Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. Those are kind of the teams that stand out to me. Uh, Owen just know, ponies up and gets another great arm in the pen. Man, I would love that. I would love to see Trevor yeah. Rosenthal blazing at 98 with Drew Smith and and Lugo. And yeah, that would be great. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty serious injury last year. He went underwent thoracic outlet and tore his labrum in his hip. Um, my stepson actually tore his tore his labrum in his hip, uh, and he's not he is not the same. So, um, so yeah, I, I I can't imagine he'll step into a closer role like immediately. I'm sure they'll you know build him up a little bit and probably minors or or uh, lower leverage, but. Yeah, I could see him fitting in with a playoff contender kind of in the seventh, eighth inning. Um, so St. Louis, Boston, Mets, Tampa Bay would be probably the favorites, but it'll probably end up in like Miami or something stupid. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I saw Craig Mish, uh, Craig Mish day that they attended. I'm like, oh, here we go. This is what we yeah. need. And <laughs> bullpen. Um, what about Jose Leclerc? Do you feel like Joe Barlow is, um, you know, like set? Um, you know, definitely set now, but just, you know, Jose Leclerc is a guy who's making a good amount of money um, for the last year of his contract with some club options in the next two years. Um, how do you think the Rangers approach this? Um. 
I, I don't know. I don't see Barlow getting removed from the role. Yeah, he's been a lot better than I expected him to be this season. He's, he was my like big fade, um, but I picked him up in one of my OCs when he was on on waivers just because uh, 10 saves and 11 chances, good ratios, swing strikes up, walk rates yeah, yeah. down. Yeah, he's been um, good. So I, I don't think LeClerc will just come in and assert Barlow for that role, but um, – I think it depends on like how Leclerc's pitching. Like I know his last uh, since he moved his rehab to Triple A, um, he's allowed three runs and walked four over th- three and a third innings. Yep. So man's got to be there if you're going to pitch leverage for for Texas, and you know just because he was one of those exciting hundred K strikeout guys in the past doesn't mean he's going to immediately be that again. Yep. Um, Good point. So, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, I think he's also one of those multi-inning guys capable of pitching more than one inning. So maybe he comes in six, seventh, you know, at first for them just to see where he's at. And if his command is good, maybe he moves up the leverage ladder, but I don't think Barlow's at risk right now of losing his, his role. Yeah. Barlow is a guy, oh man, I have him on a couple of DCs um, until he started like, early DC before he started rising a little bit. And then in the main event, ah, man, like I got an early guy and then I wanted to get either him or Trevino, you know, and I ended up going the other route, you know, not going, I felt like, ah, he was starting to distance himself ADP wise. And it was just maybe too little high. Well, not too high, but I think it was just in a spot where I liked so many other guys and um, decided, you know, to pivot to Trevino. And that's one, one regret. I just, I wish I would have hung on to, I guess, again, I wasn't too, I, I liked what I saw. I wasn't, you know, firmly positive. He was going to be the guy and, 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 but, you know, he looks like he's the better, the better ad for sure right now. Yeah. And, and with the lock, and you always got to monitor his walk rate. I mean, it's still, it's under 8% right now. So, um, you know, nothing too concerning, but that was always his, his big thing in the minors, you know, walking over five guys per nine. So yep. um, as long as he keeps that down, I think it'll be fine. Yep. Absolutely agreed. All right, Ryan. Sorry, I kept you for too long. Todd's falling asleep over there. He fucking hates us right now. Um, oh no! Yeah, I love you guys. Nothing's complete. I'm gonna though. go drink some some pilk. Some pilk. Uh, yeah, nothing. I'm gonna go try it. And, uh, I'll <laughs> report nothing. back the results. No pull headed podcast is complete about without a little would you rather. Yeah, give him a chance. Give him a chance. All right. Um, Let's see. What kind do you want, Ryan? You want a would you rather or one that's like an open-ended question? I want, I want both. You want both? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll be quick so Todd doesn't fall asleep. No, right. I'm, I'm right. okay. I'm okay. All right. Don't worry, Todd. It's almost my bedtime, too. I'm, a, I'm like a 10 p.m. bedtime. All right. That's good. That's good to hear. If you can yeah. come back as a person or a thing, what do you think it would be? Well, not even what what would you want to be, what you think it would be. Interesting. Oh man. Monkey muscle. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, how about this? How about this? I love dogs. Want, I would okay. love to come back as a dog. Just, they're Great. just. I would love to be a dog. Just go outside, take a shit, pee. Yeah, exactly. And, and go back in. It's anywhere I want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. You could lick. You lick everything like knee height. Fucking fantastic, right? My my dog. Every time I walk her, she she like if a dog barks at her from inside a house that we're walking by, she'll she'll piss in the yard like. Like, yeah like yeah yeah this is what yeah, i think she's... about you yeah yeah <laughs> actually you know what i have i have i have even one called episode deck because this is like if you want to this is a pod deck for like if you're looking for um ideas for like a, a theme for your podcast or you know obviously it doesn't apply to fantasy baseball but interesting newbie mistakes in your industry that's that's that would be a good question for someone. But all right, here's here comes a would you rather. Um, would you rather get your hand stuck in a meat grinder or a blender? Um, what's blender? the difference, right? Like, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, is it the same thing? Yeah, that's a fair what is question. The, the blade. All right, all right. Let me look for another one. Let me look for another one. Um, I, I, I'm looking at all these. I'm like, I asked Todd already. I, I asked Todd this already. Um, would you rather fi- face a fork in the road or be forced to pick between three doors? What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I the three it. doors because you have more options, right? Yeah, yeah, you got more options, right? Yeah. All right. These are weak. Would you That's rather? A weird I'm going to have to get a new deck because I think I asked Todd all these already. Right? It's been like... I, I told you, it's in the budget for a new new deck. Seriously, I mean, this is The just... one you asked uh, when you had Phil on was, was hilarious. Would you rather poop in the in the only bathroom <laughs> at a party or the bushes? Yeah, that so was, that was answer hilarious. that one. Answer that one. I think you did on Twitter, but... Yeah, it's... I'm. Um... Well, if it's my house where the party's at, I'm pooping in the bathroom. <laughs> if it's someone else's house, I think I'll go in the bushes. If it's really? a big bush. You're bush shitting? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a public shitter. I, I like the, the comfort of my home. So Yeah. I mean, listen, some people could just or go. outside in this, in this some scenario. Pe- yeah. Some people could just go. You know, I, I don't have like, I don't know what it is. A little bit of a conscious, but. It depends on the weather. Yeah, if it's raining, I'm not gonna shit outside. But it, yeah, if really. it's like cold, like torrential ten degrees, you don't shit rain. outside. Yeah, right, right. I mean, you could just do like just do the quick flush, you know, do a quick flush. If you're like, what are you scared of? You gotta go inside. And yeah, you do, do the flush as outside? you're going, so like you drown out the sound, and then it takes it as you're going. Wow, solid move. What do you wipe with outside? Yeah. Leaves. Oh God! That's the uh, your shirt, maybe. I don't know. You throw the shirt, shirt away, and then what? And then you have no shirt. You take so your I sock guess... off. Guess... If you're wearing socks. <laughs> if it's the summertime, I'm wearing slip-ons. What do I? <laughs> yeah. At that point, you just just pull up and hope hope it's not messy. Or is the move you you just take you t- you take the you take at several plies with you from the bathroom. Say, hey, listen, I'm not going to clog your bathroom, yes. but I'm taking your toilet paper outside and I'm 
then, yeah, but then where would you even put the toilet paper? Like you'd have to find their garbage. So many, so many things to do. Just shit. I mean, what people. do you do with the poop? Do you just leave it there? Like, what if yeah, someone steps it? Like, how big is the yard? No, you take a. There's a lot of up. lot of questions here. Yeah, a lot I mean, of layers. I'm a, a lot of layers. You guys. I'm an expert at picking up poop. You know, I've lost a dog. I'm picking up poop all day long, so I know how to pick up poop. But I'm not want to pick up my own. Yeah, like maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you have a poop bag for for your dog in your pocket at the time, or? Dude, I got one in every pocket. I don't know, man. I've thought pocket. about this a lot since you had. Since we I, I do the I do the laundry in, in, in six bags, in six bags in my pocket. I, I don't check my pants. I just throw them in. Next. You know, <laughs> I just throw them in. All of a sudden, I get these bags in my pocket. I'm like, oh, this one went through the wash and this one through the washer. I have these ones that are scented with lavender. So if it makes it into the into the wash, it's like my pants just smell like lavender. Uh, so whatever. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I love lavender. All right, Ryan, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your fantastic work, and um, tell anyone, you know, got any plans coming up for any articles or whatnot. Yep, uh, at Ryan Roof on Twitter, R-U-F-E. Um, and my work is at Rotowire. Uh, recently put up a recap of the first seven weeks of my main event journey. That is free. Um, so go find that. And I'm also uh, posting a weekly... Uh, article around closers, closer encounters. Uh, this week, I'm actually um, going a little bit more in depth on my closer and weeding rankings, um, kind of my thought process behind those rankings and who I'm ranking and why I'm ranking them. So uh, that should be out uh, sometime middle this week. But uh, yeah, um, Rotowire Closer Grid is is what I'm managing. Um, so a lot of great work out there by a lot of great people. So go check out Rotowire. Yeah, great. There is. There's a ton of good stuff being done with bullpens and um but it just uh it's good to get multiple different looks for sure. You know? Um it's just great. It's just uh it's just amazing what comes out of our community, right? Um and just this hobby in general. Um just just great. Great stuff out there. But um, Ryan, you're always, always welcome on the podcast. You are a super friend of the pod. I'm, I totally rock my Kobe Bryant tank top that you made me um, or that you got me and sent to me. And it's awesome. I got to say, it fits great. And uh, Mamba mentality, man. What's that? Mamba mentality, man. Yeah, Mamba mentality all the way. Um, 100%. But thank you for coming to hang out with us for sure. And Todd, tell everyone where they yeah, can find you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, so uh, my article is every Monday, usually by midday or early afternoon. It's on spstreamer.com. It's a free article. I'm at Telestar7 on Twitter. And uh, really appreciate Ryan coming on. He does a great job on that Rotowire Closer article. It's a great resource for people just trying to think about uh, situations. It doesn't have to be like telling you what to do, but it gives you a really good update and overview. So Ryan, thanks for doing all that hard work and, uh, you know, appreciate uh, your presence on Twitter. And it's just uh, great to be part of the fantasy community with guys like uh, Rob and, and Ryan. Just excellent, excellent job by both. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. Likewise, uh, you're doing great work too. Thank you. Hi, right, Todd. One question for you. If you yeah. had... 
to be in the booth calling a game? Are you the play-by-play guy or the color guy? My, I think I'm actually uh, the color guy because it gives you more freedom to say whatever the hell you want. Okay. Whereas the play-by-play guy has to keep up, you know, and just give you the facts. But, you know, you could just sort of go on these wild tangents like some of these guys do. You like know, tell you- a story. <laughs> I'm more the story guy. You know that, Rob. I, I yeah. tell stories. So I, I, I wouldn't tell you that the guy just hit a double. I'd tell you a story about <laughs> seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You just want to do less of the work. Just, just I'm going to show up. Yeah. You tell me what's going yeah. on. And yeah, I and... just go, I go get the, the, the snacks in the back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Fantastic. That was a great show. Um, I know I rambled a lot. So if anyone didn't shut off the pod <laughs> before, thanks for hanging in there. And uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. All righty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Thanks for everyone who took a time out to give a rating and review. Really appreciate everyone who's also reached out to me and just supports the work and gets involved with some fantasy baseball talk. It's a beautiful thing in the top of ours, and I'm glad I get to share it with uh, like-minded people and um, really, really good stuff. So hope everyone is doing well in their leagues, and even if you're not, you know, just try to find some good process to get back into the fold, you know, seeing what you got to do to be competitive. Um, if it's a keeper or dynasty league, maybe this is the time you're already looking for to next year and uh, in the future and can position yourself as best as you can for um, fantasy success, uh, but with that being said, don't be a bag of shit. Thanks.